I'm gonna ask you your favorite Pokemon in a minute, but first. Welcome back. It's the Grinding Gear Podcast. I'm Garrett. He's Kyle. Hi. How you doing, man? I'm doing excellent. Yeah, you doing all right? Doing are you feeling uh, are you feeling as energized as a Pikachu car? Uh <laughs> I'm just happy to be sitting over a hot, steamy pile of games, you know? It's it's been a <laughs> long time since there's been at least like even two games that I was interested in in a single presentation. 2022 is not the year of games. No, well, yeah. yeah. It's a it's lot of happened. things, but bursting at the seams with new games to play is not one of those things. Nah, nah. I, you know, I, I, I got my, my Amazon Prime online, so I got myself that free starcraft remastered this week and palled around in there wait you get that you get that free with oh is that like what the twitch prime thing where you get free bonuses or is there an amazon thing that i'm not privy to yeah there's amazon gaming so much like you would have your epic store amazon has a oh. store and they give away free stuff i th like think i think i already own that game but you go in there and you like connect your account and then it's part of your Battle.net launcher. So it's not like you it's not like Epic where you have to like house the game in a different house. and You have to go out there with your keys and unlock it in the snow and be like, oh, am I going to play Jurassic Park? You know, like it's all the, <laughs> all the way over there. I think uh, I think you, you might have an AC issue if it's getting cold every time you launch the Epic Store, Kyle. I've I've got a beef with the Epic Store, but it's entirely based on. Oh, please tell me, Darkest please, Dungeon please Two. I've never heard anyone have a beef with the Epic Store. Please, it's please expand. Fine. Yeah, that they give away they gave away better games in the early days, and now the games are kind of you know middle of the roadie. You know, I've gotten it's, like Fortnite's too big. They don't need to give shit away anymore. You want to play Fortnite? No. They they know where their they know where their bread is buttered. They got they got a monopoly on the game that has everything in it. I mean, they are doing that well, you know. They got do, the, do, they got the seen, Goku in there. You, yeah, I was about to say, have you seen these these Dragon Ball Z freaking skins? I don't like Fortnite. All right, th and this is not me being like a hipster hater. I hate the shooting. I love Battle Royales. Fortnite has the worst shooting. It has dog shit shooting. I can't stand it. Um, third person, I, though. Is that what's your beef? No, it just controls like shit. It just has the oh. worst. Like, I don't like it. I, and third, third person is not great. But I play third person shooters. It's actually been a while since I've played one, but... I like the uh, those those the the Tom Clancy the Ghost Recon games. That's a third person shooter. I love those games. You, you would like never Splinter you would Cell? never you would never play them. But yeah, Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon specifically was a Wildlands like way back in the day, and then they did a sequel that wasn't as good. But it was a really oh, good open right. world tactical shooter. Um, so I'm not ant I'm not strictly anti third person. I've also played PUBG in third person. The shooting is still decent, but you can snap to first person with a single click of a button. So. I digress. Never got into Fortnite because of the shooting. I didn't really like it. Kind of turned me off. Um, this crossover event with Dragon Ball Z, man, it is pulling at me. It is. It's just like, hey, I know you're grumpy about this game that everybody loves, but hey, look, we got your favorite shit. Your favorite shit ever. It's right here. And it looks real good. You don't like the shooting. You can do a Kamehameha. 
You You have to like get an orb or something. You have to like unlock it. It's like Thanos where you had to get the glove. I'm aware, but that would then be an additional carrot at the end of a stick. Because if it didn't get the orb in one game, then I'd be like, well, I got to do another game so I can get the orb. I can do the thing from the game from the show that I like. Do you still buy them with cash? Is Fortnite a cash shop? Does does it say dollars or do you have to buy special Fortnite bucks? Uh, Is that, is that what V-Bucks are? Is that Fortnite? Are they they V-Bucks? I don't know. I think V-Bucks is Fortnite. Okay. Yeah, that's V-Bucks. Yeah. Okay. So they've been non-cashy for a long time. They've been non-cashy for a long time. That's my understanding. Hmm. Yeah. I wonder if they're ever going to phase things out. Like if they're ever like, you know, Obi-Wan is going to be like, Hey, we want it back, you know, give up the Mandalorian. You're done. Contract's over. That's an interesting thought. I mean, uh, uh, you would have to get a look at the contract, right? But if I mean, if they if the contract was set up for just infinite use of the specific character you're licensing, then I mean, it is what it is. It's contract you're contractually locked in. Um, but I don't know how their licenses. I've never heard news of a character being torn out of Fortnite. Smite has Danny Phantom right now. I have never seen a single episode so that means basically nothing to me other than i know who the character is well they, they had an entire avatar last airbender event too like that I, nickelodeon are buddies that i was aware of and it's the it was the first thing to make me consider playing smite for the first time since i played actually quite a bit of smite when it first came out disney was always burger king growing up that's where they had the cups wait, wait. Wow, we're we're going places. You're not, but just, I think that you know that makes a lot of sense, man. I mean, that's basically what Fortnite has become, right? It's that tie-in. Right. It's like the video game Happy Meal toy. That's just so big. Uh, all ages can enjoy. They're literally playing it. They're playing an end game, or was it end game? Was there one after end game? Which one was the end? You're talking about the MCU. Yeah. Yeah. Endgame was the end of the, the Thanos stuff. The whole thing. Yeah. What came in, before Endgame? In Infinity War. Infinity, really? Infinity War was the Thanos movie. And then Endgame was the direct sequel to that, where they wrap oh. it all up. It was oh, end, okay. End, yeah. You don't remember? Seems backwards that? to me. Because uh, the, the Infinity War actually happened with, with everyone showing up when it was like infinite people showing up and fighting all the well, yes hey, I'm not yes <laughs> kyle yes but my mere connection is the that word Fortnite end. is now mcdonald's or burger king i'm not sure which i'm i'm not done i'm gonna keep i'm, I'm not ending very you well ended. continue say that the word end is literally in the conjunction end game so while yes i'm with you that technically infinity war makes a little more sense for the end for the last part <laughs> calling the first part of two end game sure seems dumber in my head and then you got multiverse, got your, uh, they, they got the Warner Brothers. So they have gremlins in there now. They're, they're putting gremlins in there. I, I went and looked up. Uh, it's, it's Stripe, right? Is it just Stripe or they put more? No, just Stripe. Just okay. Stripe. Yeah, it's um, one of these days. I'm going to install that thing. Uh, I, hear, I hear from the kids. It's good. You know, it's, it's popular. Yeah, gremlins is, uh, is, is, is my better half's favorite movie. Never got her in the Smash Brothers, though. I don't think she'd be into this just because I don't think just throwing Stripe in the game would uh, would sell her. I played it a little more since I talked about it. The hitboxes are just a little too wonky. Mm-hmm. They might be able to clean that up, but it's I've heard multiple people use the phrase I use now on that episode floaty. And so okay. it's it's a thing. No it's one thing. seemed to disagree with you. The only thing I, I saw you catch a little flack on uh, on the tweeter for um, for for saying the audio was a little weird. People disagreed with you on that. 
I stand by it. Hey, man, it's it's your opinion. It's not recognizable is probably my big problem. You know, like you start up the like I'm in. It doesn't matter what quality it is. I'm not going to drag. I I don't even want to drag this out because I just put up a a Final (laughs) Fantasy 14 clip where people were really getting on you from an affiliate business. So, you know, I'll go easy on you today. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Let's let's not go easy on Gamecom, though. I'm excited for this. Let's not. So let's get into it. Let's get to this week's gaming news. Good, 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 good. Oh, great news, everyone. Dude, there was so much stuff going down at Gamescom. Uh, so many announcements, so many trailers, so much news that one might struggle where to start. One may have a difficult time trying to figure out what they thought was the biggest news to come out of it. But Kyle, I am here to tell you that I cannot wait to talk about the biggest bombshell of gaming news to every grace our ear and eye holes, which is that Hideo Kojima has a podcast now. <laughs> what? Okay, there were there was weirder stuff in here. Like I'm just talking about like <laughs> no, video game. No, trailers. there wasn't. I disagree. There was no. There was that one that had like no frame of reference with dudes wearing masks on mini guns, and then there was a message from space. Dudes in masks wearing mini guns. Yeah, like, there were some games in here that. What game was did, that? I <laughs> damned if I know, man. I think it was not not Crossfire. But Marauders, I think it was Marauders. Is there actually something in here called Crossfire? Yeah, there's a game in here called Crossfire. Is it like the board game, the Crossfire? No, no, it's it's a it's a shooting, run around, uh, shooting each other thingy. I would have been so much more excited if there was like a, a you know a a a, a double A product video game production of the Crossfire board game. I'd be more interested the, in that. Yeah. Like theme it up, like make it dark, like you know, there's big guns in the background. You gotta watch out for the disc. The year is 2087. Society has collapsed, and to afford food, you must compete in the deadly game Crossfire. All the balls are rolling around. <laughs> I would watch that. Actually, I kind of like uh, what's the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie where he's Running trapped Man. in the game show? Yeah, Running, Running Man. Man. I like Running Ar- Man. Arnold Schwarzenegger does Hunger Games. That's what it is. Even yeah. though it predates Hunger Games. Yeah, uh, that, that's all right. That's all right in my book. And better. No, right there, there are fabulously awkward moments throughout this whole thing, um, you know, such as the heart of gaming is beating once again. <laughs> just the asides, the award shows. You want to games and announce a, a Pokemon car? It's the not Pokemon even, car it's a concept. Which I don't so, listen. I'm a car nerd. I don't think you are. I don't know if you're aware of this, Kyle. There's been a lot of electric vehicle concepts that have come out recently. And like two, three weeks ago, Hyundai came out with one that's truly gobsmackingly beautiful. Gobsmacking. And, and it's one of the most gorgeous cars I've ever seen. It's a wonderful concept. And then I'm watching a game, sh- a game announcement show, and I'm looking at the most hideous car I've looked at since the Nissan Cube that has a Pokemon tie-in and for some reason it took like three whole minutes out of my my trailer watching enjoyment to be fair they changed shirts so this wasn't live this was pre-recorded so, uh, so say you dude I've been to a lot of concerts I've seen plenty of very quick wardrobe changes no I mean let's see here no no there's no way Jeff Keeley changed from a blue shirt and a jacket to a black long sleeve shirt in time. I disagree. <laughs> okay, why does the car say Ace Man in the front? So that's it's a it's a Mini Cooper, but it says Ace Man, and has like digital LED screens inside that show Pokemon characters. Uh, it's a it's a paceman. 
Uh, I think the P might be missing. I don't have the actual what, car up in front of me, but I know a Mini Cooper Paceman is a is a trim level. Why is the Why would the P be missing? Maybe 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 the yeah. It totally to says Ace Concept Ace Man. Oh, I guess I guess right on the front. That might just be what they're calling it. Then let's see. I'm, now I'm, I'm just going to Google this now. I never caught the name because I was too busy thinking it was the dumbest thing I've sat through in a while in a game presentation. I actually learned this week thanks to our oh, Discord that it's Ace Man. God, this thing teach is teach Pokemon to understand the power that's inside. I always thought it was each, which oh, didn't make a lot of I sense. I thought so too. It's teach. I know, right? Oh yeah, there's God. a T in there. Maybe it gets lost things. in the music. So what, this seems unsafe. Honestly, that was my first reaction. If my whole car is scrolling like a stadium, showing off, you know, Pokemon the entire time. That just doesn't seem like a good idea. <laughs> I'm assuming it's like most EVs that have parlor tricks that a lot of them you can't enable while you're actually driving. EV? Oh, electronic, electronic vehicles. Electronic vehicles. Yeah. Uh, okay. okay. Sorry. I forget also, how not in the car loop you are at times. Also a horrible hazard because they put those big advertisement screens wherever the power stations are. They do that. We've we've talked about this before, dude. They do this at gas stations. This happens at, at gas pumps. Oh, that's a. But the screens are bigger, like you know, because they're all like Tesla and big. Teslas are big out here in Oregon, so I, I probably see a lot of these power stations. Man, that's like around. podcasts that advertise a Patreon. Who does that? Support our bromance.com, by the way, everybody. Right, <laughs> weirdos that. <laughs> Honestly, my my biggest uh, laugh was at the modernization of this presentation that straight up video games in the VODs lacked music and sound effects because it was censored for YouTube. Like when you're watching the actual presentation on YouTube, the Dead Island 2 trailer, which I really liked, actually, doesn't have the music in the background because it would get censored when Gamescom posted on their YouTube. So they gave them a special version of the trailer with no sound in it. So they wouldn't get flagged. That's a dark future, man. That is, but all dude, this just takes me back. You remember when they did BlizzCon Line? You remember many years ago before Blizzard somehow reached new heights of scandal and Jalen Brack hadn't lost his job yet? Uh, the time period is a little fuzzy. Yeah, uh, that's but a they, pretty big time period. Their, <laughs> what are you talking about? But they had the the live music and they had Metallica play. And on Twitch, the music was going off. But on YouTube, they were just playing a bad backing track. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, that's I mean, that's a great moment, too, because Metallica shooting themselves in the foot because they were leading that charge. Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. That's just that's just funny. I just like that. Just keyboard cat starts playing. <laughs> do, 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 do. Yeah. Oh, my God. That. That was that was so good. Yeah, look it up, Chad. If you don't if you don't believe us, that is something that actually happened. Um, so How yeah, Jeff Keeley, internet darling, you know, was out there talking about video games, listen, presenting a bunch. Listen, he Keeley gets, I feel like, an unfair amount of shit. <laughs> I, res- I respect what? the man's hustle. Yeah. What, 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 what's the shit? But oh, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not he, on the I mean, tweeter. Well, but. I mean, he's always he's always in the forefront of these types of events, and there's always really corny stuff like Pokemon car tie-ins and he navigates it well. He is. I do read into it though. Like I love that damn professional. I absolutely adored that when he got to Genshin impact, he was like, uh, on his note cards, just like completely checked out trying to talk about (laughs) one of the biggest games in the world. And he's just like, I have no idea what's going on. That's how I feel about Genshin impact. They play that trailer and I guess they're showing off like a genie character and, you know, people in thigh highs. And he's just like, 
How about that, gamers? Like, let's <laughs> anyway, moving on. Genshin Impact is that's the the gotcha game, the the gotcha mobile yeah. game. Okay, well, yeah, one of the yeah, biggest it's, games it's in the world right absolutely now. Absolutely huge, massive, ridiculous. Uh, never played it. I know nothing about it other than that it's anime as hell. From what I've heard, it's very influenced by uh, Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild. The re- yeah, with the yeah. with the climbing indicators and such. Yeah. That's that's about all I know about it. That's about all I know about it. But yeah, that and the the Kojima podcast, man, I was like dying. I'm like, this is the cringiest thing I've seen since I don't know some random thing in E3 that I'm sure I thought was really cringy. They led with an extremely bizarre product too. This was the everywhere to which okay. the interview had this gem in it. All right, well, it definitely a bold uh, vision for what you're doing here. <laughs> Which really sums up, like they walked out and they're like, we are making a game that's alive. There's a quote here that I pulled from Polygon, uh, their rundown of everything. They said, so Everywhere is the next game from a a couple GTA alums. So all they really know about, all we know about it on a concrete factor is that it's an open world game, which surprised GTA people are making this. Which is fair. They, they're good at that. That yeah. thing has some wild stuff. Like people jump in there and pretend to be bus drivers and then cart people around. Yes. Like yeah. There are GTA role players. Yes. I don't know if these particular developers were involved with five or not. I don't, I don't know. But anyway, yes, it'd be an the, open uh, game. Leslie Benzies is the GTA five director on this. Oh, okay. All right. So they do. Nonetheless, that's about all we know about what kind of game it is. Because besides that, the quote is, everywhere apparently quote seamlessly blends gameplay adventure creativity and discovery in an all-new multi-world gaming experience that redefines how players connect with one another and the digital world around them are you ready to redefine things kyle (laughs) it shows like third person shooting a lot of car driving but other than that it's kind of striking me as one of those like PlayStation made one of these recently. It was like, you know, it was a musical magical world where you could connect block, kind of a Roblox kind of thing. And every console generation, there's one of these uh, design your own levels. I mean, they're not quite the the Mario makers or. Little big story, is that what it was called? Back little, in the day? little big planet, little big planet. Yeah. So they're going for the player generated world business, which there is a lot of money in Roblox. Like that thing makes some pretty good bank. Oh, God, yes. Big big time, but yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, this, this is like the most useless game announcement for me. It's like, here's a trailer that shows you nothing about like what the, nothing, essentially nothing. It's like the, the I'm actually, I actually want to see the show, the, the Rings of Power, but we've had like three trailers now and they do teasers for the trailers and I still don't know what we're actually, what adventure are we going on on this show? I can't tell after three trailers. Yeah. Uh, and that's how I feel after the Everywhere trailer. I'm just like, I don't know. It's a game. That's about all I understand about this thing. I feel like when the age of the internet, because we have so much in and we have content creators to cover bases, we're starting to lose that every man character a bit when new properties come out or old properties, right? Like, who's my main character? How do I get invested in this world? What What's my in? Who's the person who says, now what's that? And then someone else describes <clears throat> to them what that thing is. Sure. Yeah, I... I mean, you also have games where you just make your own damn character, right? So there's varying degrees of 
getting bought into the character and and varying degrees of how defined your character is, even if you make them yourself. Because you have something like Mass Effect where you have com- a lot of control over what your character looks like, but it's still a predefined kind of character that you can shape as you play through the game. So I don't always need that, depending on the game and what the game is. But again, if you ask me, what, hey, what's everywhere? What's that new game from some from previous GTA devs? I'll be like, I have no freaking idea. I don't know what this game's going to be about. Doesn't matter. Whereas you, you can then have something uh, like Dune Awakening, where you also show me jack shit, but I know exactly what to expect <laughs> because of the studio that's making the game and they actually right. tell me what type of game they're making. They're like, hey, it's right, going to be a survival, exactly. MMO, uh, like an open world survival MMO set in the Dune universe. And it's made by the people that made the damn Conan survival game. So it's like, cool. I have a really strong idea of what this game is going to be, even though the only damn thing they showed me was a cinematic trailer. Yeah, they made a couple of interesting games over the years. They've done a lot of. DLCs. They did that the longest journey game as well. Uh, a couple of horror games in the past. The All, park, but Conan was their big thing. Well, they had a penis slider that made every headline, every every joke you could make about a quote unquote endowment slider was made. Okay. I mean, I guess you're wearing loincloths enough that that would matter. <laughs> well, you, I believe you start nude in the Conan game. Oh, just butt naked yeah, right like around. It's like Rust. Is there like a. Is there a sensor bar? Like it, I don't think so. Oh, huh. You're just nude. Haven't you played Rust, man? No, I've never played Rust. Yeah. yeah if I'm, I've I'm always not, wanted I'm not to misremembering, right? I haven't looked at Conan Exile since it originally came out, but I mean, I've always wanted to I love the idea of the forest because that has an end goal. That's what I liked about Valheim, is I could go in there and beat something mm. and be done. And Lost Ark is one of the most impressive games I look at from the outside. I don't really want to play it. I think it's kind of ugly. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm just wowed by their constant content and how much players have to do in that. And I'm, I'm a little curious about Vin Diesel for like a Lost Ark 2. Well, at this point, it's a... That's kind of mean. But it's the only way he's going to have abs again. So, you know. know you would know better than me with your fast and the furious love i've seen every oh, movie multiple times i love the fast and furious he's got the Groot job though he's got that Groot thing down he's got the new disney plus thing coming out where he groots a bit he does but apparently also is such a pain in the ass to work with that the director really? left has the director quit the new fast and the furious he's uh oh. and according to what i've read it's because he's just he can't stand vin diesel's unprofessionalism anymore Oh, which bums me out because I really like Vin Diesel. Like I, I have yeah. every reason in this world to like Vin Diesel, but it seems like he's he's kind of taking the fun out of one of the most ridiculous film franchises ever. Oh, I I always liked him in the interviews when they'd ask him about his D and D character and he'd yeah. get all giggly. No, dude's like a legit nerd. Like he loves games and he's a big D and D dork. Um, a, a fun. I love the fun fact that his fake tattoos and triple X. I think the one above his belly button is his main D and D character. Nice, yeah, nice. Yeah, if I remember correctly, could, I don't don't remember exactly. But anyway. oh, Riddick, I think, is basically his D and D character. That would not I believe surprise he's me. a rogue. That yeah. would not surprise me. He's just playing himself, but in another world. I love those movies, man. I am curious. But I, I like. I I would love to play the forest. I've watched actually one of the few games that I've watched like a full let's play of is the forest because I think that looks like a damn good game. But I didn't have the co op capabilities at the time. Mm. That's all about. That's about it that I saw that I like wanted to poke fun at. I'm actually excited about Dune Awakening. The new, like there were a lot of stuff that weren't new announcements, right? That we just got like 
new trailers for it. So we got to see more of games that were already announced. And the one that like really woke me up from my stupor after the, the mini Cooper was the dark tide trailer. Cause I, I, oh, I sure. keep forgetting this game is coming out. And when they started showing, I'm like, shit, this looks good. This looks like a Warhammer shooter. And they're like, in Dark Tide. I'm like, oh, right. It is a Warhammer shooter. And it's coming out soon ish. Did it get delayed? Because it, it was stealth delayed. It, it was stealth delayed. It was on my wish list on Steam. It just didn't come out. Checked on it. Where's that game I really want? Wasn't there. I'm sure there's like hardcore co op players who were super invested and curious about where it was and what had happened. Uh, but. It is now coming out eventually. It's it's a it's a fat shark gig along with the Warhammer. I think that what are they called? Games Workshop. And Fat Shark gets a lot of heat for their Vermintide games. People are never happy with any of the, the decisions they make. Granted, some of them have to do with like endurance bars and how you they changed up blocking and people didn't like that. So no matter what this game is going to launch mixed at the best we're talking maybe mostly positive on steam there's no way this comes out and is a full product and it looks great on the steam page it still could be a great game it's just that this has a ravenous fan base who is going to critique fat shark for everything they do wrong oh so this is one of those games that i just play and enjoy never look on the internet about ever so i have a good time yeah, exactly. Like okay. this is this will be a great game. You are going to play it and have fun and it's going to, you know, it has a nice custom class kind of business on it, which I really like. You kind of build your own class. The classes in Vermintide were really fun, but you know, I'm excited to to design my own. This has a little bit of the StarCraft Warcraft 3 problem for me as we've moved into sci-fi, we're losing all the color. Whereas Custom maps in Warcraft 3 will always be, to me, even though the graphics are lower, way more interesting because there's so many more options for visual clarity and expressing yourself in a custom map there. Starcraft will always be kind of bland and techy. So I'm curious to see how they how they pull this off, if it's going to if it's going to end up samey in the experience, because we're always going through the tubes and metal environments. Mm, that's fair. That's fair. I don't know. It looks like something I would really enjoy playing. The shooting looks really satisfying, and they also showed off a good deal of melee, which when they kind of opened with shooting, I was like, oh, they, are they getting away from the melee? No, no, there's still plenty of melee stuff in this game. And melee is very important because that's how you can have limited ammo, and that adds to the horror aspect of it. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just gunning all the time. Uh, and that's that's very left for dead of it, right? Like you, you got to have that I think, balance and I think that's, between the two. I think that's part of why it's like so muted in its color palette because that's like when Warhammer gets creepy, that's it gets pretty muted. If you're looking yeah. at you know official color palettes and stuff like that, I'm really excited for this thing. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to getting my gang together and playing this one, and I hope that they can launch and functional you know like i said there's a lot of people that give fat shark a lot of lip and it might not be that bad or this is a classic like delay because of marketing pushing in that's this is the best delay they can get and actually gonna launch terrible yeah yeah could be a thing and then uh the, the other one that like it, we knew it's been coming out and i guess it's coming out sooner than expected um but 
I keep, I completely forgot about its existence is Gotham Knights, which lately I have been thinking to myself, damn it. I miss the Arkham games. I don't know why we stopped making Batman games, but, uh, we're going to get one and just not be able to play Batman. Maybe this probably going to bring Batman back at the end of this is some big surprise, but would this be old man Batman at this point? Are we doing it? It's not quite Batman beyond era. Well, so the, the whole plot of the, the, the setup for this game is that Batman died. And so all of his proteges are stepping up to okay. quell the unrest in Gotham city in the wake of Batman's death. Oh, uh, <laughs> I'm, I was already just kind of like, yeah, I've played this game before. <laughs> and then Harley Quinn turns around and I'm just like, oh, oh uh, Harley Quinn. She's so overused. She's so canned. At the, at the, this is the last you do that. I'm just getting going. Like, it's the same thing as the Joker without any of the fun. And yet Harley Quinn constantly has these like, I'm going to be a good guy now. Just kidding. Bats. Like, and then they put, like, just to tease me, they put Clayface looking pretty heavy in this thing. I love Clayface. Like, they, he's got some lines about productions on, and like, he's doing kind of the movie star thing. And that makes me want to play it, but I just, I can't do Harley Quinn. I'm so over whatever she's cooking. I was just happy it wasn't the Joker, because I was expecting it to be the damn Joker again. I don't, I don't, the, I don't have your, the villain. I don't have your burnout on actual Harley Quinn, but Harley Quinn burnout is to blame for why I stopped watching Arcane because Powder is just Harley Quinn again, and I'm like, I've seen this character before. I never, I never watched the. I heard great things. It's I heard it's beautiful. The most beautiful damn like semi 3D anime. It 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 kind of does the uh, Spider Verse thing where it's 3D animated, but they do some hand animation on top of it to embellish it and really just it's so pretty. It's so freaking pretty, but oh man, do I not care about the story. Oh, Clayface looks so good in this. I've wanted a Clayface movie for so long. I love Clayface. He's so creepy. Mm-hmm. You sh- uh, you know, this is going to be a weird recommend- recommendation considering what you just said, but you should really check out the Harley Quinn cartoon on HBO. I've been told this. It's so John funny. John has been telling me, you know, get, so get over yourself. Go watch yes, it. It's get worth over it. yourself, Kyle. Uh, there she is with her big hammer. I, I, like, the second she's up, up, I get so nitpicky. Like, she whistles with her fingers with gloves in this trail. I'm like, that's impossible. I hate oh everything. My God. Oh I, I just, I go instant into just nitpick mode when Harley Quinn shows up. Oh I can't do God. it. Uh, Clayface is so, Clayface in the cartoon is straight up an overly dramatic, classically trained actor. Yeah, that's what yeah. I love about him. In, but in the cartoon, it's like hammed up to 11. He's great. And Bane talks in a just a comedy making fun of Dark Knight Rises Bane voice for the whole show. I want. So I, I just love uh, like alternative combat in cartoons. Doesn't really work in video games all the time, but like the fact that he was defeated by showing him headshots of himself and he freaked out so much that he, you know, melted like that. That's great. That's just great. You're talking about, you're talking about arguably the greatest piece of American animation ever, which is Batman, the animated series. Yeah. They got away with a lot of weird stuff. That avatar and gargoyles. Those are constantly warring in my brain for what is the greatest American animation. And yeah, yeah. You know what? I don't have to choose. I'm, I, I don't have to choose. I live in a world where I can enjoy all of them. It doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. Anyway, I don't care. I miss the Arkham games. I'm excited for Gotham Knights, and I don't have crippling early early Quinn bang-ups like Kyle. Uh, someday. 
Someday maybe I'll get over them. You know, I, I'm waiting. I, she always teams up. They always team up with Harley Quinn because she's got like some juice on the Joker or something like that. And then she's always like, just kidding, boys. I'm still in love. I love you, peaches or whatever she calls them. It depends on the storyline. Because as we, as we aged up, Kyle, and as the people that enjoyed Harley Quinn as a child actually started going to therapy, we all realized that she was in an abusive relationship. So it depends on who's planning the story. True. Which again, always goes back. Part of the maybe, reason. maybe I've just, I've always, I've lost respect. Always going back to the Joker, you know. Anyway, can we talk about the game? I'm excited about. You should really check out the cartoon. Uh, yeah. What are you excited for? Callisto Project. Oh, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. You, you love Dead Space. I do love Dead Space. I watched the roommate play it. I've never actually played it myself. I just felt like I had the experience, and I was good. It's yeah. So this is being made by Glenn. Schofield, who is the co-creator of Dead Space. And Dead Space 3 has one of the most tragic, combative storylines you can think of. Dead Space 3 was a co-op game, and actually a really good co-op game, but forced on him by EA. And they added in crafting, weapon crafting, to a game where all your weapons were based on, like, you know, engineer schematics. Like, you had plasma cutters and... In general, everything you wielded in Dead Space 1 and 2, I mean, 2 was a little more military, but in Dead Space 1, everything is like an engineer's object. You have a buzzsaw, sure, but it's because an engineer has to cut through metal piping. In 3, they replaced entirely the crafting mechanic, all the weapons homogenized together, and that was so they could sell special EA currency online so you could unlock weapons faster. This was right on, this is right on the cusp, like right the beginning of DLC monetization, all that sort of crazy stuff. They took the ending, the real ending of Dead Space 3 and put it behind an $8 paywall at the time. So you bought a full game where you're constantly reminded by a character moving in and out of the void, like randomly appearing next to you that you're supposed to be playing this game co-op. You'll be walking through the ship. You'll walk up to a door and it's like, "Eh, eh, can't open unless you're playing co-op. The co-op scenes were amazing. Honestly, they were really cool. They were portal level, like messing with each other. I played it with Kristen over a holiday. She would see monsters that didn't exist. I would see monsters that didn't exist. So one of us would just start firing when there's nothing there. And you have to tell each other what actually exists at some points. Or one of you would be having a flashback and like dealing with that flashback in the corner while you defend them. It was a really, really cool system. But it was entirely just tacked on. They had some really cute ideas. They tried to grow the character and they just couldn't. You just kept pressuring them to make things clear, make things monetizable. It was gross. So hopefully now that creator, free of these constraints, can go make a better game and actually make the continuation of Dead Space 3, which was supposed to happen. It was getting a little earthy, you know, like everything does, like every Halo, all of them. You're fighting in space and eventually the thing found Earth and now we have to defend Earth. It always happens. That classic escalation. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that. That sounds really cool. I I didn't know that about a a co-op in Dead Space, but that sounds rad. It's worth playing. It absolutely removes the fear factor a lot, you know, because being alone and isolated is as afraid playing third person games as I do first. Once once Resident Evil went first person, it was rough for me. (laughs) I understand that. Even though those games are gorgeous. the, The new Resident Evils are freaking masterful, but. Um, yeah, no, um, this looks interesting enough. It looks, I, to me, it looks a little basic. 
That's the problem. It's a I agree. dude in a jumpsuit on a, on a, a, not the Nostromo throwing corpses into a meat grinder. Sure. Well, they're showing off in particular, they're showing off their worm tech here, which I think was kind of cute. They're basically showing off their new mechanic where if you don't take an enemy out in time, they'll upgrade. And they did a big like water slide scene, which is very reminiscent of, you know, any of the flying through space scenes you remember from Dead Space or God of War. It was a big thing, you know, the uh, Tomb Raider, right? Like you got to ride down the slide and if you mess up, you get a gruesome death. Mm. That's very important to the fan base. Like the fan base needs the game to have on the back of the box over 300 unique kill animations. Like in Dead Space, there was this great enemy that was a head with tentacles below it. And it would jump around your neck, strangle you, pop off your head, and then crawl inside your body and start wearing it and walk off. Oh, God. <laughs> like, And that's what you're there to see. And that's what adds to the horror element. Because you don't just go down, your hit points reach zero, and you sort of slump over like Shepard in Mass Effect 2 and get all weird. You actually go, wow. I don't want to ever see that again. That was one of the worst things I ever witnessed. I'm scared. Let's not have that happen again. So you build this rapport with the enemy where you don't want them touching you. You don't want them up on your business. And I love that. You got to have that communication. But the set dressing, very generic. I, I don't really know what the story is. They've been trying to tell me. It's, it's a space prison. Yeah, you're, you're and I don't like that. Trying to escape a, a space prison. I love space prisons. I'm a sucker for it. I might actually... I am you don't have to try very hard to sell me on a third person action game. Uh, I tend to just kind of like them even when they're not my favorite. It's, it's kind of like pizza. It's like, well, is, is it there? Yeah, I guess, I guess I'll, I guess I'll have some. That sounds wonderful. I'll pick off the pineapple. Let's go. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I just kind of looked down like, man, this kind of just looks like a, a it clearly looks better, but it just kind of looks, it reminds me of an Xbox 360 game. Well, you just countered yourself, in my opinion, and I will explain. Because the space prison is a place that is dangerous anyway. The reason why Dead Space 2 was more scary was because you're inside a daycare fighting infested babies that were exploding. And you went from a place that should be safe that is no longer safe. It's the whole fun of what the Dead Island trailer did, too. Like, what would you do I was if gonna... you were in? go with uh, rapture from bioshock because it was supposed to be a utopia and, yeah and it just yeah went to shit real fast exactly like when you're moving through in a, like a left for dead game or any zombie apocalypse the most fun moments are when you're somewhere safe that isn't like a grocery store and you're experiencing that feeling of oh wow, wow I, I would know what this is like that's why i really like that uh dead island trailer because dude like clearly like he holds his eye down he's like oh i'm infected like and you're like okay so he's got nothing left to live for except for having fun so what are you gonna do well you're gonna drink all the time you're gonna make outrageous weaponry you're gonna fight everything you want you're gonna punch things in the face because you don't matter about blood spill on you and you sort of embrace that character but here with our callisto project i'm worried that we're already in a dangerous location and the bad guys are already dangerous people who have been transformed into more dangerous people. And you just sort of lose that edge. And plus you don't have that engineer element that dead space had where you were like, Oh man, I need to go into the surgical room and start ripping out the cutting laser. That was a part of the surgical equipment. I'm going to rig it into a gun. That was really fun and really satisfying. All the outrageous weaponry made sense when you're just getting a pulse rifle. I'm a, I'm a little bored. And I think they're trying to showcase how this game is going to be gruesome enough 
but it's leaving it extremely generic. Just like you said with the Nostromo feel, like you, the, I don't feel like we're gonna go anywhere interesting with this story. But they're nailing the gameplay. They're selling that really well. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I would say there's there can still be fun to be had in inherently dangerous locations. I I, I wouldn't draw a hard line, but yeah, the, 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 there's just it just something about this. That I'm like I. I think I can wait to play this is kind of the feeling I'm getting on it. This is, this isn't a day one for me. Yeah. I want it to be, that's my problem. Mm. I want it to be. And granted, like, I don't, I don't know what's going on in YouTube comments for these videos. They're, they're freaking weird, man. It's a really, it's kind of robotty in the majority of these trailers, like particularly <laughs> the Dune one, people being like, I'm so stoked. I don't even need gameplay. And you're like, who, who the hell wrote that? What? Do you, what? You've not been through the last 10 years of video gaming? <laughs> you don't well, need to see gameplay? May, maybe they agree with me. Maybe they're like, well, they actually told me what the game is, and the studio has made games like this before, so I inherently trust them. Maybe. You know, I can, I can give them a, a benefit of the doubt on that. Con- maybe you just really like Dune, Kyle, which after the Dune movie, I just kind of really like Dune. Maybe. And Callisto Project is leading with what you should be showing your hardcore crowd. They want to see that your game is functional and has these certain elements like brutal deaths to them. Whereas something like Lords of the Fallen, perhaps, uh, doesn't showcase what Dark Souls fans are interested in, which is hitboxes. It, it goes on this long, like, rather beautiful. It was a great trailer. It's but mostly it, a cinematic, yeah. Yeah, there's like a lantern and they, you know, they make it clear that if you die, you're going to get back up. And, you know, there's going to be, in fact, there's already a Lord of the Fallen or Lords of the Fallen. This is the Lord. All they did was add the, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So they're making like a soft reboot or something like it's it's a cool world. It's missing everything but the big tree. And that would be the most generic fantasy Dark fantasy world ever. But there's probably a big tree in here somewhere. <laughs> but, you know, they. It's got to be sh- rough trying to come out with the souls like after Elden Ring. Oh, just like, in general. They the just crowd is brutal. came out and destroyed. Like, it's also in a year with the game release year we've had, which is to say barely any for Elden Ring to be one of those games. Like what are, I wouldn't want to follow that. That's a tough act to follow. It's true. It's true. And I went and watched some of the old gameplay from their previous game and it was okay. It was lock on targeting. Um, this wasn't extremely inspired. Elden Ring's going to, that's the new Skyrim, right? We're going to just wade through Elden Ring re-releases for the rest of our natural born lives. There was a tie-in to Elden Ring that was indirect that I thought was really interesting, and that was Moonbreaker. I think I missed that. What's Moonbreaker? Tell me about this. So Moonbreaker is much like Elden Ring written by an author. This is Brandon Sanderson. They're known for like Mistborn, and I believe they finished the Wheel of Time series as well. So very popular author. Uh, author. Like this, so much like your, you know... Uh, you're R. Martin, right? They got an outside oh. writer to come in and do some content for them and build their world. And what they're building is like a Gardens of the Galaxy world for a miniatures game. So you can kind of think of it I'm like I'm watching this now. Yeah, I missed this entirely. And uh, 
I, I flipped to it and you said Elden Ring and I'm like, Kyle, what are you smoking? This looks nothing like it. But I get what you mean now. You were you were going with the author tie-in aspect. Yeah, so he's creating kind of a Gardens of the Galaxy style world that is a little Joss Whedon-y in that way. Like everyone has a has a little quip as they end their statement. Everybody's a little, you know, having too much fun murdering each other in that kind of way. But it's intensely miniature based to the point where you actually paint your army. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, it's it's like drag and drop painting. I don't know if you actually can like write stuff on there. If there's multiplayer, probably not. So that no one can write bad words on the backs of their characters and whatnot. But you can custom paint all these characters and then they have some unique animations when they attack each other. You create an army and then like XCOM, you go around and do missions. <laughs> And it looks kind of fun if they can nail the the feedback of it is probably the hardest thing to do. Because miniatures moving like miniatures and clunking about like a tabletop isn't as evocative as something like, you know, XCOM, where they're throwing grenades, shooting through walls. The destructibility of the environments in XCOM is what really, really sold me and made me enjoy XCOM. Blowing open a wall and then sending people in the back while flanking the front. The cover base got a little old, but that's just cover based. It's it's played its course. Yeah, yeah. Duh, dude, I, I still love XCOM. Every once in a while, I still crack that open again. Get back to it. It's a good game. Yeah. And yeah, I, I was excited to see this one. Yeah, a lot of a lot of cool stuff here, man. I'm not going to go through all of it, but uh, they, yeah, I've, I've said my piece. Any any closing thoughts? Uh, yeah, I mean, I could I could go on about like things like Atlas Fallen being intensely generic, but <laughs> Uh, I've I've mentioned the ones that I'm excited for, which is honestly quite a bit like to walk out of this and see even three games I'm excited for. That's that's awesome. And there's one or two that I'm curious about. Uh, High on life looked awful. (laughs) I didn't look it up. I don't. I I love Rick and Morty. I don't love it that much. I don't need. No, I don't need some weird tie in shooter that although i will say it reminds me of that you remember like the heyday of early south park when we had like a south park 64 sure and these 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 tie-in games that were actually pretty well made but really the only selling point was it's exactly like that game you like already on the nintendo but it's crude like i'm I'm good i thought that was funny when i was 12 i'm i'm a little older now i'm all right I'm still going to watch Rick and Morty. Don't get me wrong, but I don't need this game. I don't need it. I'm all right. I'm all right. Well, Kyle, I heard you want to um, celebrate the fact that I no longer need to talk about Hearthstone by asking me about some serious (laughs) bullshit. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, Digesting this from the outside. I haven't played since they had it. Was it Bloodstones with all the quill boars? Oh, and Battlegrounds. Yeah. Yeah. So... Some of this, the big thing in this, affects all of Hearthstone, not just Battlegrounds. Okay. Is that the XP system, or is this the gemblies we're getting into now? The, 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 the thing that a lot of people are really... Well, actually, actually, no. There are two things that people are really mad about. One is Battlegrounds-specific. The other is this new fake currency that a game that has had just real money purchases in the shop for the full dollar amount shown uh, since 2013. They haven't changed this since beta, Kyle. They are now adopting like a V-Buck system. I could see how that would be upsetting. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, Hey Kyle, um, have you ever played this game called heroes of the storm? Uh-huh. Uh, you remember when they did heroes 2.0 and it was this major update and overhaul to the overall game system, like in the interface out when you're outside of an actual game of heroes of the storm and they introduced yeah. three separate currencies, two separate currencies. Uh huh. Along with loot boxes and stuff, all that stuff for Heroes of the Storm. Oh yeah, they went ham. They did it all. Did you buy more things after they stopped letting you buy things with just regular ass money, or did you buy fewer things after they stopped well, just letting you buy stuff with regular ass money in Heroes of the Storm? That is such that is such a weird example to get into the Heroes of the Storm. Is it? Cause I because I think it's a really apt one. But the problem was, like, is, is everyone was intensely generic. Everyone was on generic ponies with generic skins and then the second 2.0 launched they were giving away so much free stuff that everybody was dressed up and the game was more vibrant so mm. i really liked it for that reason okay. however on the monetary side of things i could just grind out the doritos little third currency to get the things that i would have spent real money on rather than saying you know what i'm gonna throw down 10 bucks for infested tychus here so yeah they lost money intensely because of their decision it was a bad decision in terms of finance, it was great, I think, for the players. Yeah, I used, to, I used to drop money in Heroes of the Storm constantly because I liked the game enough and I wanted to support it and it was free to play and I was happy to spend real money on heroes and skins. But as soon as they made it, whatever, what shards? I forget the two currencies. Yep, shards and gems. Shards and gems. Shards, gems, gems and gold. Gems was the one you bought. Shards was the free, like, the free currency that you got from duplicates and completing some quests, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway, they're introducing runes in Hearthstone, and a lot of people are mad. I'm not really playing much Hearthstone anymore, except for Battlegrounds, but I I did. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. I had to tweet about how I thought this was dumb as hell. I don't mind the gem system. I've, I've read some accounts where... People are saying legally, if you sell a loot box and now loot box legislation is coming after card packs, if you put an initial purchase before that, it gets rid of the gambling aspect because what you paid for with real money wasn't a gamble. You got exactly 900 space bucks. And then when you spend those space bucks, which are now in the system to gamble, no problem. Loophole achieved and nothing's wrong. So this could be them pre-countering card pack coming after, which Magic the Gathering does gems already, too, like they did since their arena inception. For me, from the outside, the real disappointing about this is the Battleground Season 2, where they say they're taking down the options to get multiple heroes in your queue. And their solution, or their their message to the players is how much better it's going to be for you and plus you know be, having only two selections for your battlegrounds that's not bad because we balance so intensely no oh that's bullshit there there is everything Whoa. from the outside There's... that you digest about that game talks about how horribly imbalanced those heroes I are i think we're up to 90 heroes in battlegrounds and there are that's so many of them that are just straight trash in terms of their competitive viability so no that is that is horrendously inaccurate and they do not balance battlegrounds that that quickly um the implication 
which is the other thing that uh, starts to get into the other thing. People are a little miffed about. Uh, the implication is that um, they're pay, they're paywalling the the battle the season pass for battlegrounds which gives you access to like two more options for heroes when you start a game if anyone listening has never played hearthstone battlegrounds it's their auto battler it's their version of auto chess uh and and the big kicker that really makes like distinguishes it from other auto battlers is at the beginning you choose from one of four potential heroes from a pool of night like 90 heroes and they each have little baked in perks so it really changes one game to the next i love it i really do like the game uh, i like auto battlers and battlegrounds is my favorite one um and it's uh it's really the only hearthstone i'm playing right now but um it used to be that you could buy that season pass with gold uh which is a currency you can just gain by doing quests in game and like so you can for free get the season pass which unlocks it essentially doubles the number of heroes you have to choose from at the beginning of a game of battlegrounds but now they're putting that behind a paywall they're saying no you can't buy this with gold anymore you can only buy it with runes and runes is a real money currency so that's the second thing people are mad about um so yeah uh some of the players are mad because of runes <laughs> uh and some of the players are mad because they're paywalling the battleground season pass with runes with this new rune system. So this is like a two staged outrage going on uh, in Hearthstone's defense, Kyle. If you're in the U S the exchange rate is basically one to one, like five bucks, get you 500, 10 bucks, get you 1000, 15 bucks, get you 1500. Although I think you can go up to an 8,000 rune bundle, which is $80. So, devil's advocate here at least for me in the u.s it's easy for me to understand how much it's worth but there's no way they're giving you you know you buy 800 and everything costs 600 like there's no way (laughs) that's what tweets i'm seeing out of the hearthstone team are saying is that they said that they tried really hard to make sure that you're not going to have leftover rune problems but uh, i like a lot of the people on the hearthstone team i consider some of them my friends Nobody trusts your studio anymore. I'm sorry. Right. We're you not have, calling like, the developers. Blizzard has burned all of its goodwill. And when you change to a virtual currency system, you are just inviting a lack of trust. And now it's happening at a studio where that trust has already evaporated. We're not calling any of the creators liars. They are communicating what they know and have fought for. 100%. <laughs> They're gaming too. Yeah. They don't like this stuff. It's more that what can happen in the future is that erodes away and those protections, particularly that certain individuals in positions of power give the game. And when they head out, what happens? What happens when development starts to cost more? So so things go up in cost, but the rune system doesn't get updated to match that. That's when this starts to fall apart. And of course, it's posed as like this. It's going to be this great thing for the player base. It's it's so tough because from the outside what we hear all the time is this is the money making game for blizzard like hearthstone is the cash cow from the outside what is there left nothing there is making money except for diablo immortal apparently because there's you know single individuals dropping 100k apparently but uh overwatch ain't doing jack world of warcraft is at the lowest point it's ever been in the entire history of the game what do they have left that is seeing regular updates and and regularly ask for you to kind of buy back in and it's their digital card game i think for a lot of good reasons i don't think this is all bad i think Carson is still a good game like i i said when i left the angry chicken that i, I like i'm leaving and I'm, just because i'm personally kind of done with the game but i think it's at a good place and then this happens <laughs> but 
Um, yeah, I will give them credit for making a damn good auto battler. Like they have weathered the storm. Dota Underlords, I think it was called. That's just like abandoned. Yeah, uh, a lot, a lot of those auto battlers that came out right around what was that? that the, the end of twenty nineteen was kind of the explosion of those. Those have all go, gone down. Uh, um, twenty. Yeah, actually, I think it's almost it kicked off in twenty eighteen. I think didn't it? Maybe, yeah. maybe beginning of 2019 because I started with auto chess. Then I played a little bit of underlords and right when I was like trying to get good at underlords battlegrounds for Hearthstone got announced at the BlizzCon I was out at and I was just like, Oh cool. I already like blizzard. I already like Hearthstone. They made an auto battler. Let me go play this demo of BlizzCon. See if it's any good. And I freaking loved it. And I've been playing it ever since. I'm, I'm not, I don't, I don't like hit the freaking leaderboards or anything, but, but I do well enough. I really like this game. So anyway, I hate virtual currencies. Um, I do. I think this is the most egregious virtual currency ever. No. Uh, do I think everyone and their mother at Blizzard should have saw this backlash coming because of how much social patience stock the company currently has? Yes, you should have saw this backlash coming. This sucks. This doesn't help anybody. What did you expect? The top comment on their forum is, thank you for making BG so popular. We're now monetizing it even further. To be fair. That's how it feels, this, yeah. But, but this is something they've been sort of afraid of. I remember I remember way back, way back in the day, when Heroes was still kind of fresh, they started doing their arenas, their version of the um, sort of custom maps that they were putting out, what became ARAM. And there was a fear that was communicated me uh, to me from the team that they were going to make a better game inside their game. And they were worried about that with esports being on. That that was a possibility. And Hearthstone's done that, at least from the outside. And certainly for me, Battlegrounds is a far superior product than the actual card game. I, you know, it's it's I, I bet if we looked at the numbers, it's probably more like a lot closer than than you think. But I'm with you. I would rather play Battlegrounds. Than, than regular ass Hearthstone, like standard Hearthstone. But then they also tried a, multiple other modes after this. The first was duels, which was um, upon launch really grossly monetized. Um, I think. Oh, was that the detriment. Shadow Shadow Raid Legends thing? No, 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 no. That was Mercenaries. Oh, I've duels. <laughs> duels was the, their first post Mercenaries attempt, and they went a lot harder on the the kind of the the, the quote unquote pay paywall because. It was a, a like a roguelike that you still went in with a pre-constructed deck, but then you got like broken cards from this roguelike system, but you could get access to better, more powerful broken cards based on your card collection. So if you had more cards, you had access to more options than there. They eventually did away with that, but upon launch, that's how it launched, and it just felt kind of gross. Um, and it felt to me... This is me editorializing. It felt to me like a reaction of, oh shit, we released Mercenary, or not Mercenaries, we released Battlegrounds and it's a runaway success and we didn't monetize it enough. So we're never going to make that mistake again. Duels is going to have some hard paywalls. And then Mercenaries came out and I think it was the most egregious example yet of Hearthstone, like really, really chunky paywall and new content. Oh man. So it's just That's been a real, it's yeah, because of the conversation we're having, we're talking about some pretty serious examples. Like standard Hearthstone is the same. It's kind of always been. And like, if you're down for paying for cards, you know, it's, sure. 
it's that I still I still think Standard Hearthstone is one of the the better deals in card battlers, um, and on and, and honestly, like so the paywall for Battlegrounds comes down to four dollars a is it four dollars a month I think is what it averages out to. Essentially, you don't pay for a month because it's for a season, which is multiple months. But I think it averages out to about four bucks a month for this pass for Battlegrounds, which, you know, admittedly is not a lot of money. But it is a it is a paywall that did not previously exist because you used to be able to get it for free if you if you did enough daily quests. I'm just fascinated by it because I've been on the outside for a long time. Hearthstone, it's not where I've chosen to spend my free time since Arena kind of lost its edge as they added more and more packs. They weren't able to maintain that a mode that mode's uh, competitive integrity as they added more cards to the game. It was great on release. And what a smooth experience Hearthstone was compared to Magic Online and all that sort of business. It's just it's a fascinating experiment that Battlegrounds was made with so much love. Like it was such an organic Let's just do it. Let's just see what happens. Yeah. Like they're on the bat on the BlizzCon show floor. It was like, do you want to see what we did? Like we, we did this. We just kind of made it up. And what, you want it, to try it? And it, everyone loved it. It was I the Hearthstone it. magic a second time because the when yeah. Hearthstone originally was revealed in 2013 and we were all kind of like, what? the Blizzard are making a card game. That seems a little small scale for the World of Warcraft company. Um, and it ended up being really freaking good. And then you, you heard the story that it started with a tiny team. I think the original team was five members or something insane. Like when they started developing this game. And so it was, it was a completely different, you know, direction for blizzard to like, let's, let's have a skeleton team just play around and, and find the fun. Um, and, and battlegrounds, I think it felt like lightning striking twice. Yeah, man. Uh, blizzard just can't, they can't, they can't catch a break. It's just this, this reeks of corporate meddling. Fascinating. What an internet problem to have. Organic fun was created and now we have to monetize it. I don't blame anybody who has to do that job. <laughs> All right. Well, before we move on, <laughs> before we move on, which is hilarious since we're watching live, this whole thing is a shit show. Um, but uh, podcast listeners, you're completely unaware. So you, you think this is a really professionally put together production. You might be thinking to yourself, how do I support these horribly professional podcasters. How do I do it? I listen to the show every week and it's free. And to that, we say, yes, it is free. However, if you would like to support it, if you like what Kyle and I do, if you ever ask yourself, how do these, how do these two dorks make a living? This, this is how we make a living. And the way we do it is through our Patreon, which you can take a look at by going to support Kyle, are you a fan of support I am a huge fan of supportourbromance.com. We got perks over there. You get a custom RSS feed where the podcast shows up for you, and we will cut out this ad. You won't hear it. You don't even know this exists. You, you don't even know. You still get the thank you at the end, though, because like, what if it's the week you signed up? I figure you want to hear your shout out, your name get, get shout out, but you also get access to our, our members and patron-only chat channels. Depending on what level you sign up for, you get additional perks. You might be able to like vote on some polls for what we do on stream nights. I just put up a suggestions post for our $5 level and above asking, hey, if Kyle and I did a, a non-Final Fantasy fourteen stream every once in a while, what do you want us to play? And, uh, you know, getting suggestions in there. So go check it out. Support our bromance.com. Thank everybody for the support. And, uh, thanks for listening everybody. Let's get to trailer park. 
Yep. Mm, yep. Mm-hmm. Kyle, do you like The Last of Us? Oh, sure. Would you like to watch it instead of playing it? That is a bizarre thing to say when it was a video game made to play like a movie that's a video game. Well, too bad, because HBO already fronted the money and shot the Last of Us live action adaptation. And uh, apparently they're actually releasing it, unlike the Batgirl movie. Oh, was that HBO that, that did was HBO. that? Yeah, it was HBO, yeah. It was HBO Max, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was... Hey, they have... I, I got HBO to watch Game of Thrones. They have extended edition Lord of the Rings on there. I'm they do, excited. for now. You'll see. They, they're also... I guess they removed a bunch of Sesame Street randomly without warning, but not all of it. It's still kind of on there. Anyways, HBO Max is a kind of a dumpster fire right now. Huh. Which is a shame, because it's my favorite streaming service. <laughs> so... <laughs> Last of Us, the movie, the video game, the no, movie. Last, the Last of Us, the game, the the live action series. Is it accurate? Are they going to do all the beats? I mean, uh, there's a trailer. That's why we're talking about it. Have you seen this trailer? I've seen. I've seen him walk through the snow. This is Mandalorian, right? Walking around. Yeah, M- Mr. Mando. Mr. Mr. Mando. Mr. Mando, whose name I'm completely blanking on right now, and as soon as I finish typing it into IMDb. Uh, Pedro Pascal. It just came to me. I, I, I yeah. didn't even have to hit enter. Um, oh, isn't he, this a what's her McFace Baratheon? Not Baratheon, but she was in Game of Thrones. Yes, she was the heir to. She ended up. She was one of the Starks, wasn't she? Oh, I mean, she was definitely in the north. <laughs> I wasn't paying detailed attention, but I liked so her. So it's that. Uh, it's Bella Ramsey, and she was in Game of Thrones. She showed up in the later seasons. Um, actually, one of the better things about it. Oh, Liana Mormont, which okay. was she was the child who was the last living heir of like all the Mormont stuff. So she ended up being the head of Bear Island. And as bad as the latter seasons of Game of Thrones are, her scenes are incredible. No, she played it great. Like yeah. she had some great line delivery. I think she's going to do great as uh, Ellie, right? Yeah, Ellie? she's Ellie, and Pedro Pascal has been cast as Joel. I honestly think pretty good casting. Um, sure, I I do not want a recreation of the video game with like match characters because then just play the video game. So Pedro Pascal bringing his own style to Joel is entirely welcome because I'll actually get to see something new. That's a good point. I didn't, There's I, a reason I, to watch I, it. I hadn't, really, I hadn't really thought about that. But um, it's so interesting because people are like, it's the first trailer. It's barely 20 seconds of footage that's part of a supercut trailer that's like promoting all of the new things coming to HBO Max. Well, it appears that they're doing a run through the store with a different girl. So I'd, I guess that's Joel's daughter. We got um we got Angry Dude in the Home Depot. Is that Angry Dude in the Home Depot? Uh, it looks like oh, Angry Dude in the Home Depot. Angry Dude in the Home Depot. Uh, we, yeah, we, yeah. we got a shot of Bill being played by Bill. Parks and Rec guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which Angry is, Dude in the Home Depot. Which is actually, I think, the most perfect casting. He's going to be great. Well, it, uh, what's Nick his name, Bill? I couldn't remember Nick Offerman. Uh, yeah, Nick Offerman is going to be playing the character of Bill. If anyone played Last of Us, you, you know that character. Okay. I mean, it seems like even in the short trailer, they've got the snow part, they've got the daughter part, you know, they don't show the watch or anything like that, but they're hitting all the bases. And if they do, it doesn't have to be seen for seen by any means. But if they're telling that story with actors we like, sure. 
Why not? I'm a weird, I'm a weird mix on this man. Like, uh, uh, I love the last of us. I love both of them. Uh, I know some people don't love the second one, but I, I really like the second one. Um, the first one's one of my favorite games of all time. My gut reaction is like, I don't need this. <laughs> it's I've already seen this story, but it's, the production looks decent and I like the cast. Yeah. This, this, this is very this, much based on the cast. This one talks at me, man. <laughs> it talks. It, it's, it's, uh, this is, uh, this is hot take kryptonite for me. I, I can't, I, I don't have an, I don't have a, an easy to sell take on the fact that we're getting a live action last of us ad- adaptation. Well, it's getting a little Skyrim E, Skyrim E with the re-release last of us happening at the same time as a HBO show is being made about it. And, I don't really know what to think of that, like up res, if it is even up res with the weird re-release they're doing. No, it is. It is up res. So, yeah, because so the original Last of Us came out at the like at the dying breath of the PS3. And it was yeah. amazing looking, but it didn't run particularly well. And then we got a PS4 re-release, which ran fantastic and, and looked better, obviously. And now we're getting a PS5 re-release, which looks even better. Um, so it's so it's odd. All I've seen is complaints about that game because the shadows make people's faces warped and people don't like it. And, and I, I use people in the internet like sense, like I don't know these people. They're showing up on my Twitter when I go there to tweet about business. And I'm like, why? I'm just here temporarily. Let me time my tweet and get out of here. Why are we upset? <laughs> I have no frame of reference. Who are you? Yeah, but anyway, finally happened. We finally got a look at this besides just a, a a still image. I'm so happy that they're changing up the casting now because I do not want to see Last of Us just done as a movie. It oh, just, oh, just like go get the actors that were the characters? It, well, even it then, wouldn't like, work, it, by the way. No, no, because it wouldn't work. Imagine yeah, the play. Oh. Ellie is, is, is taller in real life and, and older, is not a child. Um well, and Joel is an actor, uh, but he plays so many uh, roles. It's Troy Baker, right? And Troy Baker right. is like more like us in real life. He's like tall and and uh, and lanky, um, right? But he's a, he's a little like in person. He seems a little bit like showing up at your party with a guitar type, and a, you know, I'm kind of like, ooh, Troy Baker, you're stealing the show a bit. And I, I like, I you know, despite despite those NFT tweets, I, I can get down with Troy Baker. Oh, was he involved in that? Yes, he okay. was. Yeah. Who wasn't, wasn't I mean, Kyle? Yeah, who wasn't yeah. trying to sell you an NFT? It I was love the Seth same... Green. The man tried to make a show about NFTs. Right. You know, everyone <laughs> walked in the room and wrote NFTs and then drew cash lines through the S and, you know, everyone was on board. Why Listen, not? You yeah. got that much money to play with. You're going to dip your toe in every potential money pond just to see what bites. Like uh, Exactly. I, I mean, mean, it's the same thing with... There's a certain point where I, it, it's the rando NFT bros on, on Twitter that I just like, go away. I don't g- keep it in church. <laughs> Get off my doorstep. Well, and you got your Keanu Reeves types too, who just, you know, don't pay for any stuff like that. And then you got Jennifer Anderson who just has publicists. Like uh, she's not actually up to that much. She just has really good publicists that are always making stuff about her. I'm sure Keanu Reeves life is fascinating too, but he just doesn't pay anybody to make him you know, go on at magazine covers and apparently stylists because Jennifer Anderson is just one of those people that somehow just keeps looking better. The older they get, I don't know how it works. <laughs> Good for them. Yeah. I wish, Why I wish not? that worked for me. It's a shame. Can I get uh, a uh, Patreon goal, Kyle? I want uh, to hire Jennifer Aniston stylist. 
it was a weird trailer to squeeze at the end of this two minute long video, which is showing off sports and then an, an intense amount of like people just being people and angry. Well, <laughs> and at just, the that, very that's end, HBO because I think it opens with with the new Game of Thrones show that just premiered this past weekend. Um, which I think we'll probably we'll probably get up to that a little bit in the after show and and put that up for patrons. But um, so that's it's just HBO, man. You ever, you ever watch HBO? There's plenty of like just real world dramas, but also they have a few you know genre projects sure. going on. It's weird, you know. I fire up Game of Thrones and there's a woman staring intensely me in the eyes and going, "Do you want to have an affair?" And I'm like, "What? I'm maybe, <laughs> but in a fantasy world." Like show the dragons and what am I, what are you doing? Well, they also, you miss the, you probably just didn't, you're blinking, you miss it. There's also the new, the new Batman show. That's about Alfred on there. Oh, is he like an assassin butler? Well, I th- actually everyone's been memeing on it because it's called Pennyworth. And I believe season two, they're renaming it to Pennyworth colon Batman's butler or something like that because no one knows uh, what the show's about. Sure. Oh, shit. I, I missed that. Blinking, you miss it. We're, they, they finally uh, teased season three of warrior. Which have you watched that show yet? You would like that show. It's Warrior. It's just called Warrior. It's a it's a kung fu show. Come out and play. It's no, oh. it's Warrior, and it's based on a uh, a found script uh, that Bruce Lee's daughter found, and she's one of the show showrunners producers, I believe, on it. Um, the show's amazing. Oh, you need to watch Warrior. Okay. Okay. Yeah. After you're done watching Harley Quinn, watch Warrior. This is just a giant shill segment for HBO. Um, you know, I'm not sponsored, but it's my favorite app and I would like them to stop losing money, please. Thank you. Sure. sure. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm just looking at the imagery. I could get into this. What's the, um, uh, I mean, granted, probably the, the one that I've seen the most that looks like this is Kung Fu Hustle, which is a comedy movie. Yeah, but. this, this is more serious, but I know you like, I know you like, I don't know what to call it, but I know you like like sexy uh action packed uh, uh, uh traditionally hyper masculine stuff you know you're, you're a fu- <laughs> you're a fan of that and and warriors yeah. is that man like <laughs> jesus christ it is it is so bombastic um and everyone in it is like in the best shape of their lives and uh it's sure. it's, it's a good show it's a really good you, show you could have just said you find muscular people funny and that's all. That's all. Well, I, didn't, that I actually didn't know that you find it amusing that like the whole reason I work out is because I think it's more funny to be buff and doing things than it is to just be kind of normal looking. That, right. So like, that's 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 the whole reason you like Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. Exactly. Okay. Well, and that's why I don't like the newer season stylistically as much because they went with a much more trim look for everybody, even mm. adapted the characters. See, my, it is my, like my favorite for, like, great. for action is like the agile characters. So that's why I always come back to Prince of Persia. Cause the Prince in that is like, that's to me, that's like the ideal hero. Like I love an agile. Um, I, I prefer agility to strength. Most of the yeah, time. speedster. Yeah. Yeah. Probably cause I'm so horribly uncoordinated in real life. So to me, that's the superpower I'd go with. I want like Spider-Man powers. Oh, oh, yeah. I, if I could have any, I'd do like Raven from Teen Titans. I like shields. Mm. I would do shields in Actually, real I'd, life. I'd probably go, uh, to me, like, just teleportation just seems like the coolest freaking superpower. So night, Nightcrawler, like that would be. Dude, that yeah. intro scene to that bad movie, what was it, X-Men 2 or 3? I'm where, sorry, are you calling X-Men 2 bad? Yeah, you better, no, that was pretty oh, bad. Oh, the internet is coming pretty for bad. you. It is literally really? the, best, the best X-Men movie. No, the best one was the first one where no. they were like dueling on top the of the first, Magneto. The first one is barely watchable today go back and watch it it's it's okay at best three is unwatchable two is the best one 
Remember my favorite character, Cyclops. So when Cyclops starts becoming all mopey, I don't like it anymore. But that's Cyclops. Cyclops' character is mopey because he's no fun to be around and no one likes him. <laughs> but he's the only one being responsible. <laughs> the team wouldn't work if Big Brother Cyclops wasn't there. Oh my god, I, uh, I look forward to your mentions, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. X-Men 2 what? is like everyone's favorite X-Men movie. Growing really? up for me, everyone when I know. Did- like, you ask them what's the best X-Men movie, Windmill Slam X-Men 2. Huh. Yeah, that's it's the best one. The first one has that terrible saber tooth that looks like the lead singer of Metallica fell into the goo from RoboCop. Wait a minute. Oh, man, this has been a long time. <laughs> it was also like really tiny Hugh Jackman. Yeah, he wasn't he wasn't Hugh Jacked man yet. Yeah, he was just kind of normal Jacked man. Yeah. Nowadays, true, uh, Logan's my favorite oh, movie, but that that lightning frog line is so bad, though. Yeah, that's oh, that same movie. That's wanna, that's X Men One. That's the X Men movie you're going off. to bat for. Well, they're all bad. They're, they've all got moments of just two horribleness. I will argue, two is great. Two is three fantastic. was the one where Magneto made like the army of mutants and like, and they went to Ar- that, Alcatraz and he like yeah, ripped up like the Golden Gate Bridge and dropped it. Yeah, yeah. And they had the "I'm the Juggernaut" bitch joke in the movie. Uh, yeah, yeah, three's bad. I still like the special effects when Wolverine's walking up to Phoenix though. And it's like burning his skin away. For some reason, I still think that looks cool, but that movie's bad. Well, I mean, if you want to see Wolverine get melted, you can just watch the fountain. I've never seen the fountain. It's not a good time. My favorite Hugh Jackman movie is that isn't Logan, um, is the prestige. Sure. That's, that's just a good one. Yeah. Got him versing Batman. It's also my favorite Nolan movie that isn't dark Knight. Hmm. Anyway, can you tell there's not much to chew on in the last of us trailer? No, no, but it looks like they're hitting the bases. And as long as they're doing bill and all that, I, I, I'm just going to, I expected us to be tearing this apart for being like, it's useless. And now you have convinced me that I might like it, which is well, not how also, I saw this co- talk going. There's also this flash here at the very end where they show like the practical effects looking, you know, I, I honestly, I kind of have a hard time. I'm getting there. You know, I'm not quite my parents when I see, you know, a Disney movie and they're like, oh, the, 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 the blue looks so real. I'm like, mom, dad, come on now. Like, it's, it's not, Lion King doesn't look that good. But no, like, you know, there, there's a person on the wall here and they look like they're practical effects and they got kind of the, you know, mushroom face going on. And I'm like, yeah, OK, right, if we're going to get even it, it's a little shaky cam. It's a little, you know, cheaper looking video games, of course, have the thing where it's all graphics all the way through. So there's not that immersion break when graphics turn on and off and on and off. But yeah, it's like spending, you know, a few minutes in a cold pool. Eventually you stop noticing. Yeah, exactly. And then it's cold outside the pool and you get back in the pool, it feels warm again. So it seems like they're doing some practical zombie effects and they flash one of the zombie and looks pretty decent. So as long as they have fun with it and they explore the reality of doing that game in reality, which shouldn't be too hard. I mean, honestly, the back half is all just people being horrible to each other. That's true. The meat carvers and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm, I'm mildly worried from a, a visual aspect that they're not going to, it's not going to be as beautifully overgrown as the first game is. Oh, you're talking about when you go into the city and like everything's Kirby, <laughs> like Kirby did for <laughs> Okay, so first game. of all, Kirby came after The Last of Us. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, but yes, yeah. If I could nerd rage for a second, Last of Us was first. Um, 
Yeah, no, that's exactly like that was that was really what sold me. That's what got me to pick up The Last of Us in the first place was just the world, the visual world building. Um, and then I started playing and I was like, holy shit, this game is well written. Um, but yeah, I digress. I can't believe I Onward can't then. believe you. I'm going to watch this because of you. What the hell is happening? Uh, let's talk about uh, our main game this week. Let's talk a little Final Fantasy 14. So last week, Kyle, you and I had uh, we chewed the fat on the fact that we found out that uh, role quests in Shadowbringers and Endwalker are apparently pretty good, and we should probably at least consider being able to do them. Which means we need to have one job per role to level seventy. Correct. Well, if maybe like seventy-two and seventy-four and that sort of thing as we go through it. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because it did there it. They, they pop up. They're kind of garnished throughout the leveling experiences is what I've been told. I don't want to go look it up. I don't want to Google anything. I'm afraid I'll get spoiled. So everything I'm learning is from hearsay and from trying to discern chat and YouTube comments and all that kind of stuff, which is, has honestly been a lot of fun. But every once in a while, I absorb wrong information. Um, Happens. We've locked them in. We, we, we sat down on stream last week, had a little chat. One of our wonderful Discord members even put up, made a little graphic for us. And uh, so we figured out, you know, what we don't need to worry about, what we're going to solo level by ourselves, and what we're going to do on a co-op stream. Yes! We're going to dance her together, Kyle. Dude, I didn't expect that. Are you, hey, ready for, and- are you ready for some Dance Dance Revolution? I'm shocked. Like every time we talk about dancer and I talk about my gyrations, people just talk about how fun the class is. I've it's it's fluid it's reactionary it's all proc based but then to me that's just like oh video game telling me what buttons when to press when that doesn't sound fun to me but everybody loves it It, it's a darling the internet darling that is dancer it it yeah uh it's one of the most passionate groups of final fantasy players that i hear from when it gets brought up, same. That's that's my experience as well. That and everyone agreeing with me that Dark Knight is the best class. Well, the, the story, yeah, class, the story. Yeah. No, no, no. It's just the best class, Kyle. There's no, oh, there's no I, quantifiers. It's just the best class. Oh, I see. Yeah, it's I just see. the best class. I'm excited. I'm excited for this. So uh, we are going to be keeping to our ready rolls. You got the Dark Knight. I got the Samurai. We're going to be working on getting our various other classes together i've got gladiator at like 54 astrologian i'm already working on at 68 so that's almost ready and i'm gonna do red mage as my whiz biz were you forced because you seem like you weren't into red mage at all no i like red mage it's very cool it's very proc based it's what got me playing on controller in the first place because i don't like finger navigating suddenly to keys like something about the keyboard it might just be like world of warcraft burnout over the years but like the idea of being on a keyboard and it's like hit seven right now i'm like ah, i kind of don't want to but controller games god of war quick time events like a controller being like hey go hit b i'm like hell yeah i'm there like yeah that that's that takes skill watch me hit b video game and Red Mage is intensely proc based because everything you do kind of has this 50% proc to get a certain kind of spell that unlocks and then cast another spell based on that. 
My only problem with Red Mage is that when you go in for your top damage, you're kind of like a wizard fencer and you build up your bars and then you dive in and wizard fence for a little bit. The wizard fencing doesn't feel as good as samurai. So your high octane moment of being in melee is less than just being samurai the whole time. In so in that your way, opinion. yes, yes, in my opinion. So in that way, I would rather long term be samurai. But I do think red mage when I compare black mage and wizardry to other things is the best wizard that there is. Yeah, I played a little bit of Thaumaturge uh, over the weekend just because our, our job quest talk last week, it just got me, it, I just wanted to try something new. I just wanted to try something new. I, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to, you know, do, I, I don't think I'm going to be able to level Black Mage fast enough to have it ready for roll quest by the time we start Shadowbringers properly. Um, but that quest is really, or that class, that job, I guess it's a class because Thaumaturge is what you start as and eventually you, you, you become the job of Black Mage. Anyway, um, it's really cool. Right out of the gate, you have a balancing act to do between your fire and your 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 blizzard spell or buff, right? You get that buff when you do fire and frost spells. I really like that. Like, I don't even have that many abilities and it's already interesting to play. It's a mini game and it's so easy coming from World of Warcraft to be like, what is this is a wizard, like a mage. You're, you're going to press one, 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 two, one, 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 two. But now it's more like one, 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 two, 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 one, 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 two, two. But it gives it with the mixing and the other spells enough of an exchange and rhythm and something to do your macro. I, mean, I think of Starcraft a lot when I think of Final Fantasy 14 because they're so aware of what the player is doing when they design these classes much like StarCraft 2 looked at StarCraft 1 and said, you know what, like Zerg actually doesn't have that much to do. Let's get queens involved. You know, Terran, we want to give something else that differentiates that faction from the other. So let's give them mules. And in order to be optimized, there's now a skill ceiling that's raising because we've added these things. And they've done that with Black Mage. Uh, Thaumaturge becomes Black Mage in Final Fantasy fourteen. My one problem and why I don't really want to be a long-term black mage is you have something called ley line you put under your feet, which is like a magical buff zone, which is super cool. Like, I love the idea of, like, setting up and, like, you know, the idea that you might get out your chalk and maybe do some full metal alchemist business. But this game intensely asks you to move around and dodge stuff all the time. And the idea that I put down my special base and it's like, get out of it, tilts me. I don't want to. I don't want to live in that world. <laughs> where I'm constantly being command. I can barely break my own cast sometimes because it's almost done. Surely the breath attack will last a little longer and I can complete my cast. This is not a dig. It is just a fact of life. But the word greed gets yelled in our chat 9.9 .9 times out of 10 because of something you're doing. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> Technically, though, tanks do greedy things all the time. They just pop mitigation. It's called mechanics that are going to hit you anyway, Kyle. Exactly. That's not greedy. That's how the game works. We did Hydra this week. We, we know. We know. Oh, listen. You, you, hey, you, you felt the clothy life. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Although, in our defense, we just straight up didn't know the mechanics of that fight. That, that's true. We that's were just true. doing the fight wrong. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, maybe it's been too many years. I, maybe I just don't like cloth so much anymore. Red Mage with a disengage with an engage just has some stylish mobility that makes it a little more fun. And I'm impressed. I'm impressed by Black Mage. 
I did not expect to like it, but it's not something I want to invest in a long time. Fair. Fair. I, I'm just enjoying tanking too much. And I, I, I told myself I wasn't going to do it again, Kyle, but here I am. <laughs> I can't help well, we myself. Yeah, I'm. Look at our videos, man. Like, look at the YouTube. Like, I'm, I'm sitting here playing Samurai in our streams, you know, every week. And yet all my videos, I won't shut up about healing mechanics and what the healers are up to. Like, we all have our passions. Yeah. And we all gravitate back to them no matter how much we fight it. Well, too, yeah. And if I'm being honest with myself, I don't. I wouldn't care if tanking wasn't fun in Final Fantasy XIV, but it is. Like, they've done a good job with it. It's fun. Uh, I feel challenged. I just have a good time. Let's have a good time. And plus now I'm playing it with you. Man, nothing makes you want to like do specific roles faster than having specific friends that you regularly play with. Cause you're like, yeah, let's do it. Let's get in. You're this, I'm that. And we, you always have those roles filled out. Exactly. Like anytime a, a solo play game is like drop a robot that gives a buff. I'm like, why for who? <laughs> but if I'm playing co-op, Second that pops up, all points diving straight into there. I'm like, you guys, everybody, you do five percent more damage. And they don't give a crap, but <laughs> I feel great. It, I mean, if we if we end up with the static dude, if we really end up chasing extremes and eventually uh, savages, which I want to do, I think they'll give a crap. Yeah, they'll start. You run with someone long enough, and you you try and push hard enough content for a long enough time, you start to care about that stuff. Um, I remember back in Wrath of the Lich King, we had my other tank who was a warrior. I forget what the talent was, but spec a very specific way so that I had one extra mitigation as a paladin so that the warrior took the talent that adds mitigation to the intercept target. And we okay. we, we had the warrior spec that way just for the Lich King fight because we needed just one more piece of mitigation on me because I was the main tank for the fight. <laughs> I don't even remember what for, but it was like I, I had run out of mitigation for one particular damage burst moment. And we had the warrior take that mitigating intercept talent i think and um yeah that that's the type of shit dude. that's just ridiculous and i love it dude and i'm such a memory dude i'm getting i oh like oh that i hate i hate nerd chills i'm trying to come up with another phrase but like man that that shit i love it there's nothing better as a dm when you have nothing to do because you're dungeon mastering the table and you presented such an interesting puzzle that the players are just going for like a straight hour and you're just sitting there just just digging it. And I the idea that anyone would be like, huh, how do we solve this in an MMO? And then they go to the drawing board, they start going through their specs. Those are the moments I love most. And everybody's yeah. just nerding out. Yeah, and Final Fantasy XIV in, in, in that type of minutia uh, is is different, right? Cause there's no talents. There's the, if you're the, the level, the playing field is level in that way. If you're a black, let's use black mage as an example, you were having the same, you have the access to the exact same tools as every other black mage, right? Cause there's no spec. And I don't think one is better than the other, but I think it's interesting. And it's, a, it's this added layer of newness for me, uh, that I'm enjoying sinking my teeth into as, as we're playing through this game. And as, especially as we're finally taking our first steps into like hard boss content. So I, I don't know if it gets that class or job dependent, dependent as you go. I love the idea of course, because every player can be all the jobs. If someone's like, listen, we really, really need a red mage for this. And you can be like, yeah, let me work on that. Like, give me a month. I'll be ready. You know, let, let's go do that. that. That sort of stuff. Work you can do for a team outside of your raid night. That's when an MMO is at the most crunching good for me. Mm. 
I dig it. So, so you're going to go down the co job that is scholar and summoner. Yes. I'm going to not make this harder on myself. <laughs> yes. But I really, I, I, we've gotten mixed signals on, on the roll quest. Some people think it's, it's borderline required. Other people are like, I don't think it's really worth delaying the MSQ to level up jobs. So you're ready for whatever, whatever. I want to do this. I'm at this personal point where I want to do it. I've, we've been really trying to see as much of the story as possible in the moments when we should be seeing it. We, we, we're not going back for a lot of stuff. We did this week to do some mold realm foreign trials. We hadn't seen before, but this, this is where I'm personally at, at this point. I, I, I want that. I, I, I don't think the game works like that, but I want the best ending. Like, I just want to see yeah. as much of it as I can in my first playthrough. Well, and like when we started meeting some of the characters and they were like, ah, the hero of the coils of Bahamut. I'm like, hell yeah. Yeah. I am. Even though we got ran through it by John, like (laughs) I want to see that story. And at this point, like without getting into specifics, in case you don't want spoilers here, but at the, like this point, we just had a a big moment with Alizé and I'm glad that we did, we did coils of Bahamut because it seems like she's being called up to main character status. So there's just a lot of times where we've done side stuff, like side stuff, non-required stuff for the MSQ, and it's paid off later in ways that I really enjoy. Only one is probably Black Rose, where I'm like, I kind of wish I skipped that because <laughs> it kind of mm-hmm. it kind of gave away something ahead. Yeah, um, but nonetheless, um, I'm gonna be working for the Bard. I really want a Bard. I I will do Dancer with you, but. Physical range DPS. I want a bard. It's gonna be a lot of work. I kind of want a bard too. I know, but I mean, you could catch up. Like we could, we could go there. You know, I think I'm 19 or something like that. You're only 19 on your archer. Yeah, I'm not far. That's physical range, right? What do we have in the physical physical range slot? Physical range is uh, archer. Oh, that's what we were thinking about for dancer, right? Machinist, mechanist, machinist, and <laughs> dancer. Yeah, so dancer. That was going to be our easy one, so we could just like have like one or two co-op streams to get them up to like 70 range. Oh. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, we'd make some people mad, but it's kind of what I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see, man. We'll see. We'll see what is. It. We'll see what's going on. We'll see what's going on. Um. Yeah. Yes, I'm aware Reaper can go straight into Shadowbringers. I'm aware of that simplexus. I'm, I know in chat. Um, Reaper would be fun. Anyways, oh, dude, I'm just really enjoying this game. Um, which seems, should seem like go without saying, cause we have essentially a dedicated YouTube to it, but uh, we, all of the content we put up video wise on YouTube, it's like for our purpose. And we don't get to kind of have these meta conversations about where it lives in our, in our gaming diet. Right. And like final fantasy 14 for me right now, like it's, it's kind of reached only game status. Yeah, they're the the triple A's or the big ones you're catching. Like I like I talked about earlier, I was playing a little bit of StarCraft Remastered because I got that. I've been going through the the two point games because I always just enjoy those. But this is the main project in the background, and heck, it's uh, you know it just had a really big patch. Six point two just came out, and I've heard it's great. I've heard it's a lot of fun. I've heard the trial is insane. I don't know anything about it, but this is just you know what my buddy John's saying, and. It's a fascinating thing. So if you're not familiar, if you, if you made through all this and you're not familiar at all with Final Fantasy, this week, Guild Wars 2 came out on Steam. And it was all over Twitch. Everyone was playing Guild Wars 2. 
Guild Wars 2 seemed like it was about to be the biggest MMO in the world. It's already dropped off a lot, but a lot of people were checking it out. And Final Fantasy has this huge patch. Everyone's super excited, and then and Twitch doesn't move an inch. You know, Twitch does not care. Guess why? Because it's a story game, and no one wants to be spoiled and watching other people play through the story, or they're too busy doing the content inside the game. So Final Fantasy has, like, zero Twitch presence when new releases happen. And as such, a lot of people who use that as a gauge of interest avoid the game and think it's bad. And instead, the majority of those people who invest in that sort of thing actually paid Guild Wars 2 this week instead. Uh, that's interesting. I mean, if, to talk shop as a content creator, like it makes me think that when we are current, I'm kind of okay with that. I'm happy to like wait to go through that content anyway, because we'll probably be too busy editing other things in the first place. Because I'm assuming most people wouldn't even want to watch us because they'd be playing through it themselves. So there's a market for it, as long as your thumbnail isn't spoiler. Like there are people who are watching videos being made about this right now. But I agree. Like that sounds really chill. Plus, uh, I hate lines. Uh, I hate MMO lines even more than real life lines. And the idea of like anytime in particular, Blizzard, of course, comes to mind. But anytime Blizzard's like brand new game out today, I'm like, see you in a week. <laughs> when the service is stable. Just gonna, yeah, and, and personally, you know, like I remember I was at a GameStop and the Elder Scroll MMO was on the horizon. I was there to pick up my collector's edition or Kristen's collector's edition of Diablo 3. And they're like, hey, do you want to pre-order Sky, you know, the, the Elder Scrolls MMO? I'm like, no, I don't want someone teabagging the king while I'm trying to talk to him. <laughs> and I feel that same way about Final Fantasy. Like, I really feel like I'm having a better experience because I'm playing it late. I don't want to be in there day one when everyone's surrounding the NPC. Granted, Final Fantasy has a lot of cutscenes, so you're often isolated very quick. It feels very personal. Hey, Kyle, uh, um, I know for the video audience, you're showing stuff. Um, while you're talking about it, you don't want to see people crowded around anything, you should just just go to any random point in our stream um, <laughs> to make yourself <laughs> Again, look like a jack. Right Again, that, my, my point being that when you get into cutscenes in this game, oftentimes you are talking them directly. It's more of a your buddies with the main characters. And that, all that, that happens now, in uh, ESO as well, by the way. Now, if anybody, oh, uh, I didn't know ESO did so many yeah. cutscenes, but uh, you know, I will, I will address the comment you have brought up. If anybody, if anybody wants to role play, oh, I love you. Like those of you who like are in our streams and like leaning on a wall casually or sitting at a table or like reading a book or drinking tea or pretend to be a bartender. Mm, mm. Oh, that's good. Oh, my goodness. If you guys want to fill out a main city and then like hang out and like set yourself to walk and like casually walk by. Hell yeah. Oh, that's so good. That's the kind of I'm still just I'm so mad at reality sometimes because I thought MMOs would be a little further at this point. Like we would be having devs log in to be monsters and do weird stuff. It'd be more like a theme park in that way. Mm. But we're still we're still a little electronic. We're still a little queue based and, uh, you know, making sure the content is always available, which is fine. You know, frankly, I'm not I can't be online all the time. I, don't, I wouldn't catch everything live when it comes up. But I would just love it if like there was a dev for World of Warcraft that played the knight's guard captain and would like wander around and do shit and like arrest people like that's, your job at an mmo company is to be an actor quite the journey you have taken me on but yeah you should watch season one of westworld <laughs> role playing is really important to me yeah that's just people having sex with robots is all i've heard so I mean, <laughs> that's, then the robot 
That's like saying Final Fantasy 14 is just a weeb game where people want to be hot bunny girls. Okay, you know, you got me there. Sure. Westworld could be interesting. Boy, where have I see, heard anyone discount Final Fantasy 14 before? Huh. <laughs> huh. I can't think of any. I can't think of anyone in my life that was that dismissive of such a great game. I really can't. So, weird. Yeah. What a weird comment. Yeah. Don't go scrolling back on our YouTube. Thank you. This is a very specific video that people revisit on our channel that I think started at like 700 views and it has crept up to like 4,000 and still to this day, it gets like one comment a week. It's good. Legacy. It's a a legacy legacy content. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. (laughs) You know what else is Kyle questions from our lovely listeners? You want to get to it? Yes, I'm here. (laughs) Hello there. Hello there. Hello there. You can send your emails to feedback at startgrindinggear.com or if you're supporting us on Patreon or a member of our YouTube channel, uh, either works. You get access to our members and patron-only channels in our Discord, and we have a dedicated question channel right there. Drop us a question. I have a mega doc of all the questions you have sent. And today, we're going to take a few of them. I'm going to break this up, Kyle, and I'm going to let you choose, Kyle. You get to choose your own adventure today in our questions. Okay. Do you want to start with content creation questions? Or Final Fantasy fourteen questions. Let's do content creation. We were just there. We'll make a Final Fantasy fourteen sandwich. Ooh, I like it. That makes content creation the Oreo filling, the best part of the Oreo. Uh, Double stuffed. Nano. Yes, you, do, you don't. Yeah, man. You, you just, what, there's no point. There's no point. The gluten-free the ones are double stuffed. They have gluten-free Oreos? Yeah, they do. They're also made with no uh, high fructose corn syrup. (laughs) (laughs) I forget what the brand is. There's a brand on the, you go down the healthy sweet stuff aisle and they just have like the all natural, not Oreos. I don't know what the brand is, but it's better than real Oreos. The cream is creamier. It's delicious. Newton's is using high fructose corn syrup, man. I thought Newton's was cool. I know. By the way, this is the most mid thirties conversation we've ever had. Enjoy everybody. Nano wrote in and said, I have a question for you guys. How do you maintain such a strong friendship, even with the extremely different positions you take on many things? So many people in the age of algorithms are eager to cut off anyone who disagrees with them on the tiniest thing. But you guys have such great chemistry, partly because of your differences. To me, it's never been easier, dude. <laughs> There's so many people getting loud and proud about horrible things in public that when you're like, oh, I don't, I don't really like Obi-Wan all that much. I'm like, oh, thank God. That's the only thing we disagree on. <laughs> <laughs> what a minor thing to disagree on. <laughs> sure. No, it's there's there's a lot of people in this world who um no, I think there can be a lot of peace for people who just hang out and like you're playing a Game Boy and they're reading the book. Like it's it's not so different, honestly. Like there's I think there's a lot of people in this world who pursue everyone doing the same thing and that's where they find comfort. And like everyone has to be in the same boxes, have the same interests, and they surround themselves and you end up in this frankly, echo chamber is often used in like a a, a bad way, but I, I just kind of find boring. I don't, I don't want to hang out with anybody who agrees with me all the time. Yeah, yeah. I, I, the variety of the spice of life is an overused idiom, but it's one I, I really like. I, I think, too, you and I specifically find each other's what we respond to interesting. So even if you don't like something or you do like something that I, I'm the opposite on, I'm curious why you react the way that you do. Uh, because sometimes it changes my mind, other times it doesn't, but I still find it fascinating, like what you value versus what I value. I agree. And it's frankly 
good for content creation. There's a lot of videos that are made covering one point. And in fact, in this last week's video, you made the analogy that I was all about prequel politics and you want to talk about lightsaber fights. I think that's the most true thing you've ever said. Uh, <laughs> there, there are things we both hyper focus on. And as a solo content creator, that's the kind of video you'd make. And it'd be very one tone in that, which isn't bad. Like there's tons of content creators I go to because they're going to give me exactly what I want. I want to hear their opinion on this thing because I already agree with them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like um, we have we have friends that do another podcast called Great Night. Uh, Justin Robert Young and uh, Brian Brushwood. Um, whenever they talk movies, I tend to never. I, I, there are a few people I disagree with more <laughs> on their movie opinions, but I find it really interesting why they they like and don't like certain things. Um, so, like, even though I'm like, "Oh, come on, I love that movie," I totally missed the point. It, it doesn't matter. I have a good time listening to like why they uh, like why they respond to the things that they respond to. So. Uh, this is kind of how, how I live my life. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, you started to get into it. It made me think of just like being in a relationship, man. Like you don't agree on everything. Like Kitty no, and I have can't. a lot of, Kitty and I have a lot of shared interests, but gaming isn't really one of them. Um, every once in a while, uh, Katie and I will like land on the same game, but there's also just great stretches of time where Katie don't play games. Like she doesn't always have to have a game in her life and she can go months at a time without ever touching a game. So a, the time that Katie's even, engaging in games is rare. And the time that we're both engaged in the same game is even rarer. Um, but it's fine. Cause she, she ends up getting into other things. She got into mini painting, which got me back into gunpla for a bit there. And so that it, to me, it gunpla Gundam models. Oh, that's the technical term for it. I Kyle. See. Oh, I see. Yes. I see. Cause then I mean, she learned how to airbrush and I was like, Holy shit. I remember doing Gundam models when I was a kid and all I ever yeah. wanted to do was airbrush. And I, so I have an entire OHMS team Gundam primed and ready to go that then school got busy and I haven't painted it yet. It's just sitting on a bunch of pegs. I can't wait to graduate, dude. Oh my God. I digress. Uh, you don't, you don't need to agree on all the same stuff. There is a episode of, Classic SpongeBob, you know that original team doing the SpongeBobs? Where SpongeBob hosts a party, a house party. Okay. And he's got this long, long list of things they're all supposed to do. They're supposed to play games at certain time periods. The food's supposed to roll out at a certain moment. And he gets locked out of the house. And he's locked out there all night. And finally, as the party ends, they exit, you know, 7 a.m. They got lampshades on their heads like they do in cartoons. They all turn to him and say, that was the best party I've ever been to. And that is such a true lesson, like to get out of the way of people having fun and not restrict everybody to what you want to do when you gather a party together. And that always stuck with me a lot. That in the, that in the cardboard box episode. I, I love that one where he's imagining in the box and Squidward can't handle it. But that, I just think that's such a, a true lesson about just like letting people be themselves and the fun will flow naturally from that. It's a good way to put it. Cause I think uh, I struggled for a long time to get out of my own way. And, and most of my adult life has been learning how to. Uh, that's, that's fair. I think um, I still get in my own way plenty of times. I don't think I've, um, I'm a master at this by any means, but I think the, the growth I've experienced as an adult has been a lot about learning how to go with the flow better. Cause I definitely, was I was awful about it in my younger years. So, yeah. Thanks for the question, Nano. Abovan 
wrote in and said, I'm always interested in how people do their podcasts or YouTubes, whatever it has to be. Um, what is it like talking to an audience uh, of 700 to 1,000 viewers for nearly every show? Is it something you developed or do you feel like you are just in a living room playing video games with a bunch of friends? <sighs> we kind of got thrust into it because we never used to have that many viewers is the, the God's honest truth of this. The, uh, sure. Was when we... St- we started experimenting with YouTube content with Nexus Gaming News. We were doing gaming news videos on YouTube. I did. I, I wasn't interested in Final Fantasy XIV. Kyle was like, let's cover the trend of people swapping to Final Fantasy XIV as a news thing, like as a, as a news topic. I was like, okay. And in covering that, I got interested again. Gave another shot, and the rest is history. So we started making these, these, these Final Fantasy videos, and people were like, yo, you, we really want you to stream your MSQ. And I, I was I was pretty dismissive at first, but I, I just never really thought of myself as a streamer. So I was like, eh, no, nobody wants to watch us just go through the story. And people wouldn't let up. <laughs> They're like, no, you should really do it. Like, you should really stream your MSQ. And so we started streaming towards the end of Heaven, Heaven's Ward. And um, it just, it instantly blew up. Instant, I've never had anything like it in my life. Um, Angry Chicken was close it, 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 when we did that podcast, when we launched that podcast. It, um, it grew really fast, but it wasn't like this. I think we had 300 viewers on our first test stream of final fantasy. We didn't even have cams on. No, no um, cams on for that. So it, it was this, is this conflux of, we were already doing stuff on YouTube. We'd already gathered, you know, a, a modest audience of people that watched the videos that we put up, but then we flipped the switch, went live and we were like, Holy crap. Look how many people are here. Because when we were doing here's the storm streams, it was like 40 people. A good night would be like 80. Um, so it, it, we were just kind of like, holy crap, YouTube's insane. Cause we went from Twitch. We, we swapped games and we also swapped platforms and we also swapped mediums. Like we had a lot of change all at once. So uh, in a way, I think we were doing so much stuff. I don't know about, I'm not going to speak for you, Kyle, but we were, we were juggling so many things. We were spinning so many plates at the same time. I didn't really stop to kind of even realize that we were streaming to that many people. So I, I didn't really have the time to get nervous. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's the long answer. My short answer is it does kind of just feel like I'm hanging out in my living room, playing video games with my buddy, Kyle. And the chat is, even though, you know, it's a bunch of individual people, it, it's its own character. It kind of, to me, it blends like the chat blends into, it's this other interactive experience of being live. Uh, where it feels like a third friend, even though it's hundreds of people, it feels like a third person that's involved. Hmm. I'm a little different about that. Uh, granted, I did a lot, a lot of solo streaming and co-streaming with Kristen of Heroes of the Storm at the height of our daily streams, so four days a week. About 200 people were in that audience. I've been 2018 right before the HTC cancellation. Funnily Damn, enough, I didn't know you got that high. That is a fantastic audience for heroes on Twitch. Yeah. Well, and that's why it was so shocking when they canceled HTC and, you know, started moving development away because it was the biggest it had ever been for us. You know, I was doing lessons on the weekend. I was doing a lot of coaching for that, their MOBA strategy game. So because of that experience, no matter how the number changes, I feel like the individuals enter the, my room like in that way all y'all are here with i'm sitting in a room by myself right now but it's insane because 
when we take down the stream, I, I feel you all leave. It's all individuals. And I love that there is consensus when you see the chant, you know, screaming by. But there's also those individual voices. And because of, you know, maybe my own reading issues or the speed of which I can comprehend, like I, you can get the feeling of the room, but I can't digest it. So what I see is individuals pass by. It, to me, it's more like, uh, you know, being a DJ and people are walking up and giving requests directly to you. And you, you catch the ones you can and you play what you can for the room that's available to you. Like someone might, you know, walk up and request, uh, you know, what does the fox say at a wedding? And you're like, eh, you know, maybe not. <laughs> maybe, maybe not today. Maybe not but you'll today. take another suggestion. All yeah. those individuals make up that audience. And I really enjoy it. I mean, I, I find it fascinating and coming from so much time. And that would have been, you know, they, I wasn't doing nine hours. I wasn't a streamer. But I was streaming three to four hour blocks, four days a week, plus the shows. Uh, it was certainly a change up in just the raw numbers. Some ways easier, you know, because you have that energy in the chat room screaming by. And you don't have to address anybody. But some ways harder, too, because you can't have those one-on-one -on -one interactions. Like, it's really sad. Maybe not sad isn't the right word, but there's a melancholy when I meet really awesome people online right now. And you're like, you are so damn cool. I want to spend more time with you, but I got to get to the next email. I feel that. I feel that in my bones. It's because uh, it happens a lot when we stream. Like I get whispers in game and uh, and stuff like that. And I'm like, I, 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 I try to, I like to think of myself as a polite person. I was, I was raised to be polite. And if someone's talking to you, you give them, the time of day, you make eye contact, all that kind of, all that kind of stuff. Um, so like when we're playing and at the end of the night, I go over to my tells tab and I see all those pistols. I'm just like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there's, there is, there is some, there, there are some anxieties, but I would feel over overall. Um, I bet if I was doing it alone, it'd be a lot, a lot more like I'd be a lot more conscious of it, but cause I've got you to, to bounce off of. And we've got this, you know, two pronged, like, way of, of keeping an eye on things. Uh, yeah. That being said, that 4.4 stream got really big and there are times where it's like, I don't know. I like, I like live music. You said DJ. So I, I think of growing up, going to, going to concerts and there was a big difference from like going to, going to local punk venue and, and seeing like your mid tier bands with like a, you know, a 400 person crowd. But then you go to like green day comes to town, you go to the arena, the, the way the bands work, the audience are completely different and they're, made for the size of the audience, right? Because when you have a smaller crowd, you can take that time, like you said, to have those intimate interactions. But we had that 4.4 stream. It got real big. It was, that's, that's where you got to, you have to make a splash and you, and, and yeah, it can, it can be easy to miss stuff, but we still, we, we stuck around after that and uh, made sure we didn't miss any of the, any of the, at least the super chats and stuff, but it's, Hey Kyle, I'm going to use a phrase. I know you hate. What, living and breathing it's world? It's a living and breathing thing. No! No! <laughs> <laughs> We're developing. All right, well, definitely a bold uh, vision. Yep. Yeah. You were developing a bold vision, Kyle. A, a bold, bold vision. vision. Bold yeah. vision. No, but uh, no, I've been lucky with the, the Final Fantasy fourteen stuff has gone so fast that, that and the big thing for me is I, I don't think I've had time to stop and get worried about it. We're just kind of having fun and 
it, it, at the simplest level, we're doing what we want to do because it's fun. And everyone so far has been responding for the most part in a positive fashion when we're having a good time. So mm, no, that's something that uh, Brushwood talks about is uh, one foot in front of the other. In fact, you'll find many, many people who talk about this. Uh, Terry Crews uh, has a long, a long talk about you're either moving forward or you're moving backwards. And oftentimes when you're juggling plates, you just keep walking forward to keep the momentum. So you hold on to those plates. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is, it's, it's absolutely, it's good. It's good advice. It's good advice. It also helps you be present. <laughs> you're not going to realize that you need to do that unless you're aware of the current situation. So, Hey, speaking of final fantasy 14, let's, uh, we got a couple questions about that. We actually have a lot more, but I pulled a few for today. Uh, Addy asked, uh, wants to know what our least favorite aspect of final fantasy 14 has been so far. So, um, you know, We've been pretty complimentary towards this game, Kyle. Let's talk about how it's a giant yeah. steaming pile. Yeah, let's be mean. No, honestly, my I felt extremely disconnected with the world. It wasn't load screens necessarily. It was the fact that I couldn't walk from, you know, Limsa to Gridania. And the way the map works in that game, I feel is kind of weak on immersion. Like there's oh, I, I absolutely do. that. You went with a big example. I can't stand that. I can't walk from lower limbs to upper limbs. Like that drives me nuts. And uh, the loading screens like that, those don't bother me. It was more just like that. They're, they're, it's, and it's not even like stuff in the distance you can't go to, because oftentimes the story is like, check out that cool tower. You're like, oh, that's nice. You're going to go there someday. You know, most re- we just had one of these uh, in our last uh, bit with the burn. Like the game is very good about posing questions and covering your bases but i do love that elder scrolls skyrim you see the mage tower it's all the way over there set a, set yourself a goal you see vegas out there in the distance and you know new vegas you're gonna go there someday and you can walk there i love that immersion in video games so, and, so chat who is saying you can walk from upper to lower i mean without a load screen without a load screen is what i mean you're loading between quadrants of the city, which I think is a bit egregious for a game that came out when it did. And I get you got to load like and particular um, Final Fantasy is. Extremely concerned, I don't know the developer's mind on this, but and, you know, this is a little off topic here, but they are very, very concerned about queues and their server stability. Like when you go into a raid, they will kick you out of that raid in an hour to make sure that server does not get overloaded with people trying for too long or even camping out inside of it. So they are intensely aware of queuing and what can happen. So there's a lot of instancing, not in the way you would know it from World of Warcraft and like ending up in different zones in a sense, not seeing other people. But there's just a lot of care given to the server's stability that can add some quirks you may not be used yeah, to. Yeah, I mean, I was I was about to say earlier uh, to immediately dive out of what's not so great into what is so great about it. Like when you were talking about how you look at online games, you're like, I'll see you a week after you launch. I don't feel that way with Final Fantasy XIV, um, at least not since their big, you know, kind of apocalypse of like, there's just too many damn people playing this game. We got to stop selling it. But since then, there's I haven't had any issues getting in and playing this game. I, I would play it on patch day this week. I had no problem. Yeah, yeah, but that's really the only thing that bothers me. Everything else I've learned over time, like a, a job being kind of simplistic, or I guess they're called classes in the early bed being simplistic. I don't, I like that because that's what I'm there to do. I'm there to like relax, grind out, 
do two kinds of attacks as a rogue because I know one day this is going to be hell on earth <laughs> with all the buttons I'm going to have. Like that's <laughs> like literally I love leveling off stream. It's like one of my big relaxing things I do is go find another class and start working on it. Mm. So I don't want it any other way. Even though yeah. I know that's a buried entry for some people like, oh, these, this class is so boring. It doesn't have intricacies. There's no talents. I'm like, well, just, just wait. It'll you'll, get you'll busy get for you. Don't worry. Yeah. Or go do harder content. It's there. Your class easy. Yeah. Go run an extreme. Go run a savage. Like like doing Shinryu, like really open Shinryu Extreme really opened my eyes of like, oh, if I want a challenge, this game has plenty of them to throw at me. So yeah, but I've gotten over the loading thing. I, you know, early on, that was the big reason I tried it and stopped. I was like, oh my God, this feels so old because of the loading. Um, but I've gotten over it since it's like, whatever you just, I just, I just port and I don't think much of it. Um, since then, the thing that probably bugs me the most as a, as a current player, um, is I love dungeons, but I hate when I go, when I get an older dungeon in roulettes and I have almost no abilities. Um, I'm sure it would be horribly complicated to balance, but I wish I had all of my abilities, even when I visit an old dungeon. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, it matters more on melee classes when you're missing your charge, you know, whatever That's your gap to, closer if, is. If if I could appeal for one thing, it's like for lo- just make gap closer a level 15 ability on all jobs, please. I but, totally get like that is a cool moment and you unlock it and you feel more powerful and it's such a power gain. But like when, when I'm playing Astrologian, which is like a healer with a magic deck uh, and they take away my cards because I'm too low level, I'm kind of like, well, and, you know. If I must, <laughs> it's like, that's like that's like playing three uh, three missions of Starcraft, and they're like, "Here's a hero one. Like you have five units, make it through the base." I'm like, "What a relief! I don't have to, I don't have to build my base again or do upgrades." Sure, let's do it, Rainer. Yep, yep, yeah. So I'm getting a lot of support in chat from this. Uh, cool. Um, yeah, and a lot of people are like, "Just please, just make gap closers, uh, just just lower level." Which you know, that's a I think that's an actionable request, right? Like, just take this one ability on all tanks, well, anyone who has a gap closer, and just just give it to them. Just give it to them. Let them have it from the get-go so we can move around quickly in, in dungeons. And, and other people are saying you can limit the level of the dungeons you get, which we just learned about this week, um, which we is cool. But I still want to, like, I want to want to go help my friends who are just coming to the game, but also not feel, like, horribly limited myself when I go play that. Um but that, like, I, I completely understand that it would be hard to balance. But it is something that irks me. <laughs> yeah, it was it was particularly hard when I was learning Red Mage because I had to go level for a bit. And if I was in something too low, I couldn't practice. And same with Astrologian when they took my cards away when I was leveling. So there are there is an opportunity, I think, for the game to identify what the core play style is. And make sure that's available for all levels of content so you become a better player. But I do like, I like the fantasy. I like the fantasy. You know, I remember leveling a warrior multiple times. I loved, I loved leveling warriors in um, World of Warcraft because I loved doing the dungeon content. Uh, And when you got charged, man, that world changed and it felt so good. Yeah, I, that, that is the, First time in I remember playing an MMO and wishing I had chosen like picked a different class. I was running stockades. 
and we had a warrior as a tank and they charged in down the stairs for the first pull. And it was the first time I'd ever seen anyone charge. And I was just like, holy shit, what was that? Yeah. I need that. With that can sound uh-huh. going. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know the one. You know the one. But um Yeah, that that's so far this has been the big the big things for me. That and pronouncing Rebenuster. Well, sure. <laughs> Dude, I would love a character in this game that just hangs out in the main city, kind of like the, the Sky Wardens or whatever they are. You can go to people in Final Fantasy and like find the weather in different zones. I would love it if there was like the, the pronunciation, pronunciation NPC. <laughs> yeah, you could go to them. And even if it was just like online, you know, like when you go to D&D Beyond and, and it's like gibbering Mouther, gibbering Mouther, like just... <laughs> Or uh, some games have done some really cool things uh, with RPGs. A lot of those Obsidian projects have texts because it's a text adventure. They don't voice act everything they can't simply because of all the options and production. Yeah. But the text itself will be highlighted. And if you hover, if it you know brings up the city of Rodentoban, you can like hover over it. And it'll be like, Rodman is a city in the north. And it'll give you a little definition. <laughs> and that would just be great. You know, gibbering mouther, exactly. Just give those a click the first time they show up. I'm, I'm for that. I'm for that. All right. Eka's going to bring us home. Asked, what is the next thing in 14 that we're excited for? Outside of Shadowbringers and whatever cool stuff yeah, is going yeah, you on there. You can't say the next expansion. Of course we're yeah, excited for that. Yeah. That's, that's the easy answer. I want to see what these... Kyridian dungeons are whatever sort of the oh criterion yeah 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 i i don't i've tr- i've looked it up a few times i'm afraid to google everything but like i i trepidatiously googled it a few times and dude i don't understand what they are no me neither they're not in mythics they're something else but i just love dungeon content and the idea that they're trying to evolve that idea i want to see it any any more dungeon content i'm i'm excited for but uh <laughs> shevram's calling it Kyrugian dungeons i like that i like that um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they are, but just more, any, anything, more dungeons, more dungeon content, choose your own adventure path dungeon. Ah, interesting. So like, like your, um, treasure hunts where you sort of open the doors and the doors load a new instance, almost like a greater rift in Diablo. Oh, and they also have difficulty levels. Like, okay. Yeah. Some people are saying it ranges from like easy to like super hard. <laughs> Yeah, and everything I like between. it. I love hard cool. content. Very cool. Awesome. Um, I'm. I've said this before, but uh, I'm feeling it more and more. The more content we do, I'm excited to be current. Um, which is, don't misconstrue that as me saying I I want to hurry up and get through the game, because um, I clearly don't. Because <laughs> <laughs> we ain't done four or five yet. Um, but I am I I look forward to being an end game Final Fantasy player. Uh, there's just and Walker looks so cool. Like and and every time a new patch hits, I really feel this like pang like I get a pang like oh, oh this new cool shit I want to go see my island, but I can't. Gotta get them Walker before I can see my island. So that's that's a it's it's a cool feeling. Because usually, I don't know, I just like a lot of MMOs. Ah, I just want to go down game. But um, here it's like, I want to take my time. But also, I daydream about what it's like to be current. So that's kind of... Yeah. That's kind of what I'm what I'm feeling. 
chat's like, when, when are you going to be current? <laughs> like, I don't know. I think our goal is like, we, we don't want the next expansion to drop before we're done with N Walker. Yeah. That would, that would be a little bit of feels bad moment. We'd love to be a part of that energy. That's and really, I think the, our, our personal, like, and like our personal operating like mantra is don't take so long. The next expansion comes out before you're, you feel personally done with Adam Walker. So we'll see. Thanks for the questions, everybody. Keep them coming. Feedback at startgrindinggear.com. This is bring us to the end of this episode, which means, Kyle, you got some music for me. I do. Oh, yeah. Oh, bring back me life. Makes me want to straighten up my posture. Don't be shrimping at home. Check your posture, people listening. And thank you so much. want to thank our wonderful patrons supporting us over at patreon.com slash Garrett and Kyle or better known as supportourbromance.com. You can punch in that URL. It will take you to our Patreon. And we want to thank our latest patrons, Finn M. Thanks so much for signing up. Hylian Wolfo. I think it's Hylian. Like Hylian. Like Hyrule? Yeah. Right? Awesome. So it's a Wolfo from Hy- Hyrule? I, think. I like it. I like that. I also like Marty K. Thank you, Marty, Marty K. K sure. for signing up. Marty. Ross K. Dress for less. I, that place is a madhouse. I, I can't go in there. <laughs> it's too intense for me. <laughs> Goodwill is calmer guy. than Ross. <laughs> Qatar. Just Qatar. No last name given. Thanks Curtis B. Thank you for your support. That was Curtis B. I, t- I cross-talked. Thanks, Curtis B. Yeah, it's both of you. <laughs> Matthew C. Erica S. Thanks, Erica. And Tim M. Closing us out this week. Thank you very much for the support. Thank you to all of our patrons. And, of course, there is a level of patrons that gets thanked every week. And that's our legendary level backers. Thank you, Sean B., Mike R., Zero Lambda, Stephen J, Ross A, and Wyra E. We really appreciate the support, everybody. Hell yeah! Yeah! Thank you so much. Before we go, we're on Twitter. You should give us a follow. Kyle is at Kyle Ferguson. There's two S's in Ferguson. I am at Garrett Art. There are two R's and two T's in Garrett. I trust you know how to spell art. And you can follow the show account, which is, you guessed it, at Garrett and Kyle. Actually, you probably didn't guess it. I bet you thought it was grinding gear, but that was very taken. Yeah, you know, I, it, it worked. Yeah, you know, I had a good flow. Yeah, yeah. Which is uh, Garrett and Kyle. Go get a follow and go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash TV. And we have a clips channel now. You can go to youtube.com slash grinding gear clips. It's a new channel. I think we've already gone past our first thousand subs, which was fantastic. So we've got our custom URL. Now we're just, uh, just if you want to help us out, just watch the channel and tell your friends. That's how you help us out on that channel because we're working our way towards monetization. That's right. That's right. So watch our videos over there on the New Clips channel. Thank you. That's going to wrap it up for this episode of the Grinding Gear Podcast. Until next time, GG. Take care.